been ages. I know, it has kind of been ages. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I have a joke. Ooh, go on then. <laughs> this an is actual... a, new, a new start. <laughs> a new start, I have a joke. Are you going to uh, bring so... a joke every week? I'll try. I'll, I'll I'll try. Uh, there, me with it. there was there, there was a guy and he goes to see his friend and his friend has got this giant pumpkin head. Okay. Um, and the the guy goes, "What well, what happened? What happened?" The guy goes, "Well, I found a genie in the lamp, so I you know I got my three wishes. So right. I, I wished first for you know a million dollars and then a, a castle to live in. Naturally." And the friend goes, well, what's with the pumpkin head? Well, that's where I fucked up. I wish for a giant pumpkin head. Da 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 da. Ba. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, am I missing something, or is that literally just the punchline? <laughs> that's the punchline. <laughs> There's no deeper, deeper meaning or anything. <laughs> It killed me when I heard it the other the, day. The reaction that you were anticipating. <laughs> it killed me. What? <laughs> it was. It was so. I was. I was. Uh, did you hear about oh. the, uh, the 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 boy that survived the plane crash? No, I did not. Why don't Why don't we start building planes out of him instead of metal? <laughs> Do you, want to, do, you want, da, 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 da. do you want to hear my favorite joke from when I was a kid? I might have actually told it to you already during our years of friendship. Um, oh, go on. I, I would love to hear this, actually. What did the dog say when he sat on some sandpaper? What? Rough. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite joke. <laughs> Sounds like one of those jokes that comes out of, like, Smarties 100 kids I, jokes. I believe it was. it was in... Either in a similar book or actually in the book, we had a book called "The Spot on My Bum" when I was a kid, <laughs> and there was a poem in there called "The Spot on My Bum." But I think I had jokes in there as well, and I feel like that was one of them. Uh, is that like a, a Spike Milligan book or something? Yeah, some kind of you know. Oh, it's a bit rude. Oh, kiddies, it's a bit rude. It's got the word "poo" in it. Talks about bums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, another gem from Jacob's childhood, right there. <laughs> Always, always a treasure trove. Mm. Always yeah. a treasure trove. Um, I actually installed and did a little test run with um, one Resident Evil yesterday. Oh, for our, I, I, for our we, thing. I'm just keeping the name as it is, because I kind of like it, I'm going to be honest. Just, I, just two I, old it, men just playing a game. <laughs> that's, we I, are two herbs. <laughs> I wrote it as a joke, and then I kept writing it. And then... <laughs> I figured out like a way if like Ollie or Lauren or both decide oh, yeah. to join us for an episode, and it's just adding more and more herbs onto the <laughs> herb end. <and> herb. <laughs> we have a do we have a feminine version of herb? Herb, I guess. Uh, like, yeah, like okay. I don't think there is a. F- I don't know. I don't know. Herbie. I, I I kind of enjoy it because then we can sort of if we herb. herb and herb and herb and herb. Yeah, um, many herbs. Yeah, I I I'm trying to figure out like how to do it because oh. i think playing it live with you would be a bit of a chore just oh, because of really like care. getting well i mean like if sort wanna, of getting wanna, lost in for the actual video sake of it if you want to chop it into the more interesting bits then sure um but um, i'm but, literally i'm around all day so <laughs> i ain't got nothing to do i'll be recovering yeah. from double or nothing um 
Yeah, because uh, what am I? Is that Monday? Yes, bank holiday yes. Monday. Um, so I, I was I was planning on trying to do it like what uh, Chip Cheesem does it, where he mm-hmm. pre-records it and you know makes it. Um, yeah. Just because just because a lot of it is puzzle solving and getting lost in that mansion and walking across mm-hmm. that mansion, and there's not a lot going on most <laughs> of the time. Um, it would be a good way of me but, experiencing that first game because, like I say, I tried it and didn't want to continue. So Yeah, the, my, my test run was mostly just to see, like, okay, I need to get used to these controls. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like the alternate controls because oh, yeah. they're... It's weird because they're, like... It, it works naturally, you know, with how we usually play games, but when the camera angles change, they don't do that annoying thing where you start suddenly walking backwards because the angle changed mm. and you're still pushing up and, and they're still going you, yeah forwards. <laughs> but yeah so it, it kind of works but i might change it i might give it another go and change it over to tank controls and see what happens yeah see what you like yeah um but yeah i because I, I i have an itch to play resident evil 5 for some reason even though mm. it's not particularly very good i remember i played a lot of the demo back in the day and i remember it being fun it it's fun. It's fun. It's just not a particularly very. <laughs> it's fun, but not good. Yeah, it's one of those where if you've got a pal to play with, yeah. it's like, hey, this is all right. Oh, but good time. when you're when you're doing it solo, I just remember playing it solo and quitting halfway through. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure everyone I've heard say that they enjoy Resident Evil Five. It was because they played it co-op. Yeah, uh, the 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 AI partner in the there is a particular boss fight halfway through, Ooh. roughly where it's just like you kind of need their cooperation mm. because AI Shepard need, doesn't do it. Yeah, you need them to distract a particular character while, um, but also you know, hey, there's <laughs> Resident Evil Five has bigger issues than its AI. <laughs> You know, more of, hey, why is this white dude killing all these black people? Yeah, them, them fun undertones. Those fun undertones. Those thunder undertones. Undertones. But it has led me down the road of watching a shit ton of like Resident Evil speedruns just oh, to cool. get like tips of like, okay, some of these games ain't great, but uh, like. Um, everything I've watched of Code Veronica, I'm like, oh god, this yeah, is. Yeah, I, I kind of deliberately stayed clear of Code Veronica. And it's 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 one of those that I it's it's the one I'm not looking forward to because like remake re, uh, Resident Evil One remake is like ah that can be done you know if I've got a little guide on the side of like mm. which rooms to go to when to go to so it's not fucking painful 15 hours later getting lost yeah. getting lost it's like it can be done in like one sitting if you if you if you're wow. all right at the game um like there's someone that did a, like a walkthrough for like newbies and it's like done in four and a half hours but wow. that's just because they know where to go so i'll be but, critiquing your abilities then you've built it critiquing. up i've built it up um but the code veronica stuff i'm just like oh there is totally a point in this game where you can fuck yourself over and oh. not be able to beat a boss because you just don't have enough ammo. Sounds like me in the sewers of Resident Evil 2 remake, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think of that, but like critical moment before you change the disc. 
Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. like, final boss of this section before you change characters and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, you, I... Sorry, one sec. I was going to say, could you hear anything downstairs? Just because... And I just turned the telly on. No, no, no. Okay, I can't good. hear... I, I, can't hear, I can't hear stuff. Can you hear uh, light music no, in the no. background here? Okay, good. Then we're all good. Hannah is watching Witch. Witch? I've, which I'd never heard of before, but... It's gonna, some I'm kind of see. kids cartoon show. Oh, Witch TV show. I don't want witch TV shows. I just want it's <laughs> a French anime. Oh, it's, it's French. French. Oh, no, it's I French. Rec- I recognize this. This is like in the same vein as like Winks. Yes, she loves all that stuff. Yeah, they were all weirdly French. I didn't know they were French. Even though, even though they like French American sort of deal. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like. Winks Club was uh I'm trying to Italian American, fucking hell. It might make more European. sense actually if it is foreign, because I think one of the things we were talking about with it was because in the the intro song for it, they obviously go through all the different characters and like this one does fire, this one does water and all that sort of thing. But the song doesn't match the OP on screen. Um, so they're like oh this person does water and it's a completely different character on the screen and I was just like my only thought is is that they recorded the English song without referencing the OP that they had from the original language version whatever language it was originally in so that that explains a lot because I was like it's definitely not Japanese it doesn't look Japanese Um, no but I was like is it it, I I didn't know but that makes a lot of sense now that I know it's French it's it's of that era of cartoon of like Hey, it looks like anime, but it's not. Yeah, like Before totally. We had Avatar, the Last Airbender, which perfected it. Uh, which, which perfected like that came out of that era as well. That's that's about that old oh, anyway. Man. I thought it was a little bit older. Um, um Avatar, younger, Avatar, the Last Airbender was like two thousand six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just as I was entering secondary school. Yeah, two thousand five. It started. Um. Oh. Yeah, that that also like winks, totally spies. Oh, she she's watching uh, all them. <laughs> which like they all oh had my the God, uh, my mum's oh. facetiming me. Oh God, <laughs> go away, mum. Live live on the podcast. Should we get her on, <laughs> mum? <laughs> Baba Dickens. What did you think about the Ultimate Warrior on Dark Side of the Ring? Oh, I've got that to watch tonight. I will talk oh, okay. about that in a bit because no, no, I want you to talk about it because I listened to yeah. a little bit of the JR podcast with where he talks about it. Oh, uh, grilling, grilling with JR, yeah, grilling, grilling JR, grilling JR. Yeah, with Conrad mm-hmm. Thompson. Yeah, he's annoying. I don't the, like him. The man who has a stranglehold on wrestling-related podcasts. Honestly, he's like <laughs> he's fucking everywhere, and he's. He, like he's he's all right because he lets JR talk, which mm. is what you're there for. He knows exactly what people are there for, but fucking hell, he is an even bigger master of he he is the master of combining advertising into like <laughs> he's got suddenly, this down you, to a fine art. <laughs> yeah, you're like listening to it, and then suddenly he's like talking about fucking like grills and stuff Bark and whatever. Box. Yeah, like whatever, whatever <laughs> shit he's got to pedal that week. Like, yeah. um, 
And I was just like, fucking hell. He's but got no, like I... eight podcasts on the go or something like that. Because he does oh, he does JRs. He at least used to. I don't know if it's still going. He did the one with Bruce Pritchard. He... I think that one ended once uh Pritchard... picked up by WWE as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I think that I think that ended once Pritchard um, Yeah, probably. When had, he actually got a it was, job. Yeah, because that happened with Bischoff as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is now happening again he's doing his podcast with bischoff he's doing one with kurt angle now as well um, fucking hell yeah. he'll he'll keep on he's churning him out he's he's legit just got a straight up like I'm yeah like of you his said, office. I, he's got loads of cool belts in his office that apparently he may have acquired through suspect means but mm. yeah. no it looks great He's uh oh. I just don't not, like he like, uses the phrase rumor and innuendo way too much. <laughs> That's like one of my few critiques of Conrad Thompson is that everything is rumor and innuendo. Yeah. I but, yeah. I guess because he doesn't want to put his foot in it in case he actually well, no, ends up with a job. It, it's not that, it's not the principle of having it. It's literally that he uses those three words, that specific phrase, <laughs> several times every episode of whatever podcast he's doing. It could be like, I don't know, the the backstage musings were or my favorite the scuttlebutt that you know <laughs> whatever but no it's always rumor and innuendo and i was like Ugh. yeah because it too many times because, his mouth. because he does like 60 podcasts it's like he's probably just ended up with like okay i've got to get through this next next podcast with kurt angle i've got gonna, to oh, gonna talk about the brain off. screw job again <laughs> oh but my this god time, it's with jr instead of bruce pritchard or, or <laughs> Eric Bischoff, or whoever's opinion we want to get on the Montreal screw job. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I listened to the JR one talking about the Ultimate Warrior yeah, yeah. and prep yeah. for this. Well, half of it, and the, well, let's say half of it, about twenty minutes, and then I fell asleep. That's why I was um, a little bit late to the podcast because I started. I watched both Collision in Korea and Warrior back to back this afternoon before the podcast. Oh, um, we haven't talked about the Collision in Korea no, one. No, I, I was like, I need to catch I, up because I know Joel will probably have watched Korea and I was like, I'll watch the Warrior one just in case, even though it is quite new. Um, and he might, well, yeah, I, I was like, we might leave it to next week if Joel wants to or whatever. But no, no, I've got I will. plenty of notes about the Ultimate Warrior. Oh boy. Yeah. I, so I listened to that JR one because I was like, <laughs> someone in the on the subreddit was like, yeah, JR fucking hates the Ultimate Warrior. With you, a passion. Yeah, you get that impression and, from a few of the people in the documentary. And the podcast is two and a half hours of oh. JR burying like the Ultimate Warrior. I with... typically don't listen to JR's podcasts because I think he can be a bit of a grump. Um oh, bash my table. Um he can be a bit of a yeah, an old curmudgeon these days. So I don't really listen to his mm. podcast, but I I am actually tempted to listen to that. Cause there are a few uh, yeah, people I'm, I enjoy I'm... hearing getting dumped on more than the Ultimate Warrior. There is there is a because of like I think that's when Jr is at his best is when it's like he can dump on something that everyone wants him to dump on. Yeah, um, <laughs> he can be a grump, but he's on our side. <laughs> but he's on our side. It's like when he starts dumping on like the newer talent in AEW that he just doesn't understand. Yeah, and it's like okay, God okay. Damn it. Oh. Anna Jay, shame she didn't have a wardrobe malfunction. It's like, uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim, please, <laughs> Jim, Jim, keep it, to, keep, uh, keep it to your uh, Twitter That's likes, the thing, please. Yeah, he's either a grump nowadays or he's just horny, Jr. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> I, guess, I mean, that's the old man. 
I mean, you know, you know, yeah, man in a situation. It, it, why not? It, it, it can't get its kicks off anymore. So Just don't do it on live TV, objectifying the the female wrestlers, please. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Yeah. Then. I've got, I've got, I've written plenty. So even though there's, right, there's we'll, just the two of us, we've, uh, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll talk about. I've got a uh, weirdly Call of Duty Mobile to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, Let me see how much I've got on the, the gaming slash entertainment side. Uh-huh. I've got like Bio. four very short entertainment things and two slightly longer ones. Actually, cool. no, probably wow. one longer one <laughs> and five short uh, ones. And, and all the wrestling. All the wrestling and uh, Biomutant. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, oh, also like whatever's been like uh, sort of announced or shown. I want to talk about that Far Cry thing that happened yesterday. There's been a lot of that going around recently. Um, I noticed yesterday that there was, or it might have been the day before, there was the Sonic 30th anniversary thing. That happened yes. where they didn't really announce very much other than Sonic Colors getting re-released and they're working on a new game, believe it or not. Um and then there was also what was it? Oh, there was the Horizon gameplay reveal as well. Yeah, I, I didn't fucking watch that. No, I didn't watch I that. Really go. <laughs> Horizon. No. As impressive I, as it's I, gonna I, be, I'm like, mm, yeah. I played mm, Zero Dawn yeah. a bit and was like, uh. Uh, yeah. It ca- the the worst thing about Horizon Zero Dawn for me is that it came out exactly around the same time as Breath of the Wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and that, because I didn't... So I didn't play... The Horizon once. <laughs> no. So it's like playing it a year after its release, you know, so far separated from its original release date mm. and like Breath of the Wild because I, you know, got that launch date and everything. So mm. um, when that fucking... Get going back to like Horizon Zero Dawn and hearing everyone going like it's amazing, it's amazing. I'm like, this is the same as every other fucking Sony open world yeah. game. It, it was... has that same chunky feel to it. <laughs> it was during my my pandemic work through my big backlog of games sort of run. Um, and yeah, I think just because I've been playing so many other really good games, in my opinion, that it just didn't stand out at all. I, it just didn't yeah. grab me. Because I'd been playing stuff like, you know, Doom 2016. I played Spider-Man PS4, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was literally my favorite game of the year. And I was just like, yeah, Horizon just did not do it for me. No, I know Ollie likes it, but I think Ollie likes it because of the... Well, then again, Ollie likes those types of games is what I've become to realize. Busy work games. (laughs) Busy work games. He's got plenty to do on a big open map. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. I'll I'll just fucking... Welcome to Beans Talk. Uh, I know, I know, we're all like nearly twenty minutes in, but an intro is an intro. That's you what can, this show is. <laughs> that's I'm Joel Lyons. Joining me is just Jacob Dickens. That's what I am. That's what you are—a human being, yes, a human being, if you a will. Human being. <laughs> a human being. Um, yeah, no, like we're just, say, just t- t- saying, like, um, like. Yeah, Ollie likes his busy work games. Mm, likes his, to it likes it. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I, you know, I'll talk about it in a bit. But yeah, you know, it's actually something early, I want to get to as well. <laughs> earlier this year, you know, I played through both Far Cry Five and New Dawn, and that and is literally those, you're on a big the, open map with outposts and 
all that sort of stuff just to and and a button to reset the outpost if you want to take it again and um burn through it as much as you want to you know those games are are all right to turn your brain off i'll talk about the new far cry 6 thing in a minute because i'm i i i I don't know if i'm just being a a grump or what but i don't know we are the Uh, herbs now (laughs) we're the herbs now coming soon (laughs) Herb and herb. Yep. Um, but I, I uh, got got I got bio mutant, yeah. which is uh, very much busy work for the video game. Yeah, so I uh, mean, it was it was one of the the usual cases that seem to happen within our our little group of beans, where we one person sees someone playing something and is like, I want to play that too, <laughs> and so it was it was Ollie that jumped on this first, um, and that yeah. semi convinced you. That semi convinced me, and then also CD Keys had it for like thirty one pounds. So I was like, pretty reasonable uh, for a game that came out like that week. That week, that it was literally a day old. It, oh. it was thirty five the day before, and then it's thirty one the day I bought it. So I was like, okay, I do. Not do. think that doesn't bode well. In that it's um, like cheap day after release. Obviously, it's CD Keys, so it's a bit different. It's it's CD not like Keys, it's, it's a bit. It's but... a bit. It's, no, it's it's. Uh, even with CD so, key, but, but but even then, I yeah. also got Mass Effect for uh, twenty nine ninety nine. So, yeah. which, um, which I which I which I uninstall. I installed Mass Effect, but I have an issue with it that is literally literally just a Joel issue. Um, in that, I want to capture it for mm. video purposes, and I can't decide whether to have HDR on or HDR off. Yeah, I did see the problem you were having with it, and you sent us the picture, being like, "Does this look okay?" And I'm like, "I I can't see a difference. I'm not very good with these." Yeah, things. so 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 that 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 screenshot that I t- took on one side, um, the the game the game was so when you capture in HDR because Windows is shit basically mm. with HDR stuff, um, and it's it you know it's just hey hdr not everyone has hdr yet it's not a common thing um but i want to see this game in its full glory if possible and the 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 issue is when you're capturing hdr is that the capture software just like nvidia shadow play or whatever just doesn't know what the fuck to do Mm. so it just destroys all the colors it takes them all away so i've had to color grade the game footage that I took to test it and I'm like okay this looks kind of like what it should look like but I can't tell because I don't have true color accuracy and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah. I might just fucking turn it off and just play it as is because yeah um I, you know I don't know if you've got like an HDR TV or whatever and uh-huh. even then my my PS5 used to bug out with it up until very recently as I had a a, a bad old HDMI cable uh, yeah and so it, 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 every every so often my ps5 would just the screen would just go black for a couple seconds then come back on um oof. and i was like uh oh so it happened sometimes like in the middle of boss fights in genshin and stuff um until uh-huh. we until i ended up selling my ps4 actually um i took the hdmi out the back of the ps5 to sell with my ps4 like a week a week ago um yeah and they wouldn't take my HDMI. And I was like, why can't you take it? And then they showed me it and there was like a massive bit frayed out of it. And I was like, oh, that's probably why oh. I was buggering up my, my HDR then. Oh. Um, so I've swapped to the official PS5 HDMI cable and it's fine. 
Yes, there. which will yeah. be a HDMI 2.1 cable, yeah. I assume. Uh, I just because... didn't want to take out the cables when I was setting up the PS5. I was like, it uses the same ones as the PS4. So I didn't it's realize that would be a problem. Oh, God. And you know, like, HDMI has, like, a shelf life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you... Long. Uh, well, it has like so many removals and stuff like that that you can take mm. it in and out, and then suddenly it just breaks. I think yeah. it's like a hundred removals or something. That makes sense. Um, because hey, they're not supposed to. But I do a lot of capturing, so it's like I've got HDMI cables that are probably on their way out oh, any time yeah. now. Um, but yeah, uh, Biomutant though, Biomutant. um, a definite like. This is this is the type of game that you, when you go round to your friends yeah. and they're playing like Tack and the Power of Juju. Oh man, that's a blast or, from the past. Or um, just one of these uh, weird, semi-obscure third-party sort of things. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what it's uh, like that. Um, oh, no. I, I guess I like that. I guess like that Godzilla game that you like. Oh, destroy all monsters melee. Destroy all mo- monsters oh, melee. Baby. You know when you go, like you go to your friend and go to your friend's house and they've got this, they've like, got this like game that? on their PS2 <laughs> and it's like got a big fat THQ logo on the front. You're like, okay, I understand. Um, but it's all right. You know, it, it sort of generates like a little bit of a buzz. Um, you don't see too many of those sorts of things anymore, really. No, this is definitely like B tier, like this because it, they're in, they're not really an indie team, I guess, because hmm. I think they've got a publisher. Um, I can't. I know it's a small team. I know it's like twenty people or something. Yeah, worked on the game, which is very impressive for <laughs> fucking what it is. Like hmm. Jesus Christ! Like, um, they they are. It's incredibly impressive because it is a full, yeah, THQ. Well, it's THQ Nordic have published it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like Experiment 101 is the developer. They're like a small team, whatever. But this is, it reminds me a lot of like mid 2000s PC games where like Slav Jank would come out <laughs> and people like it. It has the same vibe of when I discovered like cryostasis. Ooh. Uh do you remember that? I don't. No, I'm not really much of a a PC person until well, just after uni it would have been. So I uh, feel so like I missed that generation. Yeah, cryostasis was like a first person shooter off the back of like very budget, like, hey, this game doesn't fucking run in some cases. Um <laughs> Like off the back of like Bioshock and stuff like that. Mm. Um, that's that style of game. Uh, this has that vibe of like this is off the back of every open world game Ooh. going because it is literally just every open world game going. Just looking at cryostasis, um, sleep of I, reason. Yeah, I kind of want to re. I I want to play it properly, but it's also really hard to get hold of. That looks like a that um, looks like a six out of ten video game. It is definitely a six out of ten <laughs> video game, which is what Biomutant is. Yeah. But Biomutant's like a six out of ten. That's like you're happy with it. I, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I you know it's janky in ways that it's like I've played worse games. Yeah, like the combat's not great. Um, I think the shooting's good. Hmm. Like so 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 Biomutant is open world. You know, big map, do the mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, there are four main monsters for you to take down, so it's kind of like Breath of the Wild in that respect. Okay. Um, can you approach it you can in do- whatever sort of order? Yeah, like some people are like, hey, you maybe you should go kill this. And I'm like, okay. Um, but it's kind of like, what if uh, Rare made an oh, okay. open world game yeah. back in like the mid 2000s if you will microsoft yeah like this is what you could imagine like conquer's bad fur day Mm. leading into um grabbed by the ghoulies had done a bit better (laughs) (laughs) i forgot they did that i was like what's the most obscure like mid-2000s rare game i could think of? oh my god um yeah so if because like all the characters have like the (laughs) voices uh but there's a narrator over the top okay who's like twee like british sounding nice budget guy Stephen with Fry. An, budget it yes <laughs> pretty much i've literally um, never seen any gameplay of this but i can immediately imagine it yeah so you're like a little critter you got this narrator that's like talking so every time that you have a conversation with somebody um like they'll do their bah, 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 and then the narrator will translate it for you <laughs> So it takes like these, like these turning in quests conversations like three times longer than it oh. should do, because they've got to talk, the narrator's got to talk, and then you've got to go on to the next bit. Uh, well, and then it repeats luckily, it. this sounds like a good podcast game, so you don't have to listen to any of it. So that's basically what it's devolved into: is me buttoning through, yep, <laughs> dialogue because I can read faster than any of them can talk. So. Mm. Um, and also the narrator starting to do my tree so it's usually but a no the, go for me is I don't skip voice acting because usually I really appreciate them having voice acting for all of their dialogue in games but even I've started doing that recently um, yeah I, I you know I'm the same like if if it's taking too long and you've got subtitles and I can read but and also like sometimes the conversations like it'll give you like a little um you know choose an option which you know what you want to talk about sort of thing um but you can end up in like this weird loop of like stuck in the conversation you're just like i just want to fucking leave the conversation (laughs) so i say goodbye (laughs) how do i say goodbye i must be going yes i know you've got things to do and then suddenly you're fucking like back in the first bit of the conversation um the, the the root of the conversation tree yeah, but the the actual game itself um, is uh, you are a little critter that you basically design. Hmm. Um, it gives you so the character creator is like really good. Like I don't understand where Ollie has got off and just fucking <laughs> um, made four or five different characters at this point. It's yeah, like, I think I think we see differently on that side because <laughs> I'm like all these fucking characters are this, like definitely the same thing they're just bases for you to work off yeah like um, um, ollie aside because yeah he's big into his his character creation and stuff yes um the character creator was the main thing i heard lauded about this beforehand really yeah and it's it's good but it's it's, it's and it, I, I really like how it manages like okay this is what your character is going to look like if you put your stuff into strength and agility yeah that's cool or you know um you know if you go for intelligence it's gonna have a big brain yeah um <laughs> big pulsating brain a big pulsating head thing yeah. and you can change the color and like so i got my little crew um what does he look and like then, 
He's he is purple and with blue eyes. Um, it looks like it looks like a little rat boy. <laughs> Does uh, he have a big brain yet? No, I put him. I put most of the points into. Um, I put most of the points into. I there is a picture on Ooh. Facebook somewhere. Hang on, my messenger going. Messenger. Uh, yeah, he's got. He's got uh, an eye patch, and hmm. he's he's a, he's a cool dude. I, I I like I like the character looks in this game. Like they're all kind of gross in a good way. Yeah. Uh, when um, people say they like, well, when I've heard people being like, they, I made a character in Biomutant. I just think of the the little ferret with an eye patch from Ice Age. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's because a, they all kind of look like that. They all have the eye patch. <laughs> they all kind. They all kind of look like no, the ferret look from. Cool, though. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, there's you know psychic powers and different abilities you can unlock and. Uh, fuck. There's you know combat. The, the combat is ranged and um, ranged and close up. So yeah. you got so I'm the dead eye class. So I've got like I deal you know good range guns and stuff. Yeah, good. You know it's like a all. I think it's the all rounder basically. Okay. Um, but I've not felt like it's actually made much of an impact on how I play. Mm. Um, because I'm still like using the powers and seeing like benefit from them, even though I went in with like low stats for you know special powers and stuff um i think i just can't use them as often um but this definitely feels like everything in the kitchen sink Mm. that they wanted to do uh you know there's not only like the character creator is not only fairly in depth but the um there's crafting yeah uh so you can craft your own guns from scratch I'm sure there's a massive. Uh, I mean, you've kind of said already that there's like a a big leveling up component, big RPG elements yeah. in there. Yeah, perks. So there's not only perks. There's resistances. There's uh, and there's like three different currencies for like what each one you can do, oh, like man. to upgrade them. So you know, like to upgrade your resistances, you need to find uh, like bio crystals or something mm-hmm. like uh, radioactive crystals, uh, which give you like, hey, you can put. Some some of these into learning uh, to put into your resistances so that fire doesn't deal much damage. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, at the point that I'm at, like it, none of it's really mattered. So, <laughs> um, it all the, sounds the crafting, perfectly competent. <laughs> I'd say that, but also it's kind of like there's little annoyances that I'm having with Ooh. choices because like the 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 crafting seems like a huge component of it but mm. getting the resources for crafting is a ball ache oh. um so like you're always just one short of something and i know i'm early in the game like five or five or six hours mm. in but still like come on like if you if you crafting is a thing like maybe these enemies should be dropping more loot that's so not it, so it is stuff that you gain from killing enemies um is it also stuff that you like find in the world as well? Yeah, so it's got like that fallout component of yeah. like rummaging through the derelict buildings and okay. st- you know of the old world as they call mm. it, like of the before times. I think they call it. Right. Um, so you know you're rummaging through like fridges and stuff, and mm. most of the drops that I found have been like 
health items, which is fine because sometimes the combat can get a bit hectic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of stuff going on and not a lot of focus was given to like refining any of it, which I guess, you know, for a 20 person yeah. team making a game of this scope is fine. Like there's the fucking mounts in it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, tame like the mechs out. and stuff. Or there's not mechs. mechs. Yeah. Oh, there is, uh, yeah. Well, there's there there is actually a mech okay. uh, that I haven't su- I haven't summoned it yet because I'm just like <laughs> it's just fucking quicker to walk around. <laughs> um, like when you sprint, your character gets on all fours and starts running like Bounds a little across. rat. Yeah. Um, there's fucking like kung fu trees, gun tree. <laughs> like none of it's in a tree form though. It's like if you can picture it in like. Uh, skill tree form but yeah, it's all yeah. just menu based it's just like hey put two points into this uh, you know you leveled up and it's like okay well I'll save the points that I leveled up for this time and mm. well next time I level up oh so there's all that shit but um, outside of that like if this game was just like the crafting and the combat without any much you know the RPG stuff yeah. on the side I would be way happier because the combat is actually really fun, even though it's mm. janky as shit. Um, it definitely has that. Um, th- there's definitely like some like, you know, if this had a bigger budget and more people working on it and sure. stuff like that, it would be smoother. But yeah. for what it is, yeah. it's like, it. hey, the shooting's really good because it does that nice. Um, it's not like oh, you're aiming down the sights now or, you know, over the shoulder, first, third person. It's like you just press the... I'm playing mouse and keyboard, so you <laughs> you know, you, pr- you press the, the, the mouse button hmm. and you, and it's like auto-targeting onto different enemies. Oh, yeah. Um, while you're like hopping around and doing like... Every time you jump... So I think with the Dead Eye class, if you jump and like start shooting, it goes all slow motion, and Ooh. it does. It basically, it tries to be makes you look as cool as possible yeah. while while you're playing it. Um, like the stories, and then you know, it's like the combat's really good, but the story in is not great. <laughs> it's, uh, you, it's, you, it's a story for the purpose of getting you through the game. It, it it seems to really like its story though like there are genuine there's like there's whole sequences of flashbacks where you're a kid and you have to play through these sequences as a child and oh. then the the stuff that you do as a child can reflect in the game uh, because there is a morality system in the game i forgot about <laughs> that oh my god there's a morality system as well one more thing to add to the pile one more thing to add to the pile that just doesn't really matter all that much except mm. like you know, if you go down the dark path, you can unlock these powers. If you go down the light yeah, path, you yeah. can unlock these powers. Um, so I'm just going down the light path because I'm just like, I can't be mean to these guys. Like, they're too nice. Like, these, yeah. they're, they're all like rare, like looking like if they had the googly eyes, I would say this was just like <laughs> X rare developers, but they, yeah. they've all got like fairly like realistic yeah, features. Cute so. little animals. Cute little animals. Um, but yeah, the story is basically, it starts off kind of strong like you are a you 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 escaped when you were younger from like death you know like mm-hmm. some guy was hunting you uh hunting you and your family um your mother and father uh saved you um you escaped and now you've returned not to get revenge but like you know just learn what fuck happened yeah um coming of but- age 
Yeah, but it's the child sequences where you realize, like, oh god, this was either done. Someone somewhere went, hey, this would be a good idea, and some other person on the team went, oh my god, I'm not fucking designing <laughs> like a child version of this. So it's literally just the same model but shrank down. Just a little version of your. It's just a out tiny version. Well, doesn't look like the decks out biome. No, you see, okay. he's got like different outfit on. Like yeah. he's got like a, a woolen hat and like <laughs> um, a jumper on and stuff. Mm. But yeah, it is literally just the same model but shrank down. So <laughs> little, uh, little, little. Um, which I can actually imagine, like the unre- some guy in the Unreal Engine just taking the model and like <laughs> scaling 50, it down, <laughs> <laughs> scaling it down to like twenty five percent because you're pretty small. Like this is the thing. Like the world is fucking like. But like when you were exploring the world and when you're like, you know, rooting through stuff and you find like these posters which will tell the story of like the game is like actively very into talking about how we're killing the planet. Mm. And like when you load up the game and start the start, start the fucking game, the the narrator's like I'm not like this this isn't like when you start the game for the first time. This is every time you go to the first menu, like to continue game yeah the, the narrator goes how can anyone kill this beautiful planet and i'm like fucking <laughs> all right all right like <laughs> i'm into it like hey like i've just finished near which is about as subtle as a sledgehammer <laughs> like you know if you've got a message to say like every character is always constantly going on about like hey the planet's fucking dying you need to save it mm. um but like the narrator will like sometimes just blurt out like random like epithets where it's just like only you will be able to change your destiny and it's just like wait this has why i'm (laughs) i'm literally just making my way over this bridge like um it doesn't make any sense like when he's talking um Mm. but you know for a game that's made by 20 or so people like i i i i like i like it for its ambition even if the ambition is caused like a lot of the things in it to um it's it's become unfocused in a way i think that's yeah i think that's the thing i think that's the thing is that it's unfocused Mm. Um, yeah with the amount that's going on there's probably stuff that i've forgotten like there's like the crafting (laughs) system like the whole like the crafting system is great and i wish there was a bigger focus on it like i said like the resources are hard to come by but Mm. you know you're like crafting guns from like from like nothing so like the the tutorial you make a hammer for mm. your you can you know you've got an option it's just a ton of like loots dumped into your inventory yeah, when yeah. you're as a kid for the tutorial it's just like i was just scrolling through and it's just like okay this game's got a fucking sense of humor to it because it's like i've got this big thunder thor hammer looking thing <laughs> and on the and then as its handle is a banana yeah <laughs> and it's like okay yeah that's cool the, it does 200 damage and you know, this that and the other and it's, it's like the banana won't fucking break because like you're not putting in a force on so it's just fine I guess, yeah um but you know i built myself a shotgun which i was like this is fucking great and then the shotgun shit so oh. um but like i found a i found a new sword which is just a vacuum cleaner <laughs> um it's that type of it's that level of humor and you yeah, can dismantle yeah. it and use the like the vacuum cleaner bit as like the handle of the vacuum cleaner to um on the on the big end of the sword and stuff like that oh. um it's it 
yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, wait for a sale, uh, and just sort of ignore. Like, it is one of those as well where yeah, yeah, yeah wait yeah. for a sale but also like even if you got it in a sale i can feel that like some people are just going to actively hate it because it isn't um <laughs> doesn't doesn't blow you out of the water in any kind of way no it's well marketed that's what it is it's yeah. well marketed a lot of people thought this was like going to be you know big budget triple mm. a mm. game and you know props to thq like this is some fucking janky like <laughs> Classic PC feeling shit, and it's look, yeah, it's a good podcast game. That's what it is. Yeah, you do things, you go looting, you do some. There's puzzle solving in it, like <laughs> puzzle puzzles in it. Like, hey, you need to activate this generator, and the puzzles aren't difficult. But no. you know, I'm like, oh, the fucking whatever it keeps you going. There's like three types of puzzles. Wow. The first, the first hour is nothing but tutorial. It's, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. Damn. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. It, it's all right. It's all right. That's... Seem happy with it. <laughs> mm. Mm. I, I wonder. Um, I wonder how old he is with it. If he's played much more with it. But... Uh, I don't know. I think I, I've seen him on it quite a bit whenever I log into Steam. Mm. Oh, fair one. Fair one. Um, because I think he's playing it. Uh, mostly like I, I've got a feeling him and Lauren are playing it while yeah, they're yeah yeah. Uh, chilling in bed whatever on so the on the laptop but i you know i remember fucking seeing this game uh i think it was on the front of um an edge magazine years ago yeah like like um, like you're saying it is well marketed and that i usually because i'm sure games like this aren't strictly released a dime a dozen but they're not like strictly uncommon either on on the pc specifically and the fact that mm. I've heard of it is probably um, a, a boon to their marketing because, yeah, usually this sort of stuff flies right over my Sunday afternoon head. Yeah, so. like I, yeah, I, I, I'm here for the rise of THQ Nordic, Embracer Group, whoever is making, you know, like they, they fucking announced that they're making another Time Splitters game they? with the original. Yeah, and it's just like, and it's just like okay. Uh, I hope everyone remembers that Time Splitters was also like that in that B tier. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, shooter thing. So I'm here for like you know the indie genre has figured it out in some capacity. Um, it might not be a bad like, one to do for the GameCube thing, actually. Time Splitters, maybe. I mean, I I didn't really I, play that much of it, but I no, neither did I. I just remember it being like, oh. This would be better on a mouse and keyboard than it is on this <laughs> PS2 controller. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the um, yeah, I'm here for the rise of the B game. Like, yeah. obviously, obviously, like last year, I was very into um, uh, what was it called? Disaster Report. Right, that was what I was thinking of when you were when you were trying to trying to think of the name. But I was like, kind of in the back of my head i was like sounded like a c-tier game when joel was explaining it to us before yeah well z-tier <laughs> in some cases yeah. um and other than biomutant like i i bought mass effect but not real i just sort of loaded menus Oof, and tinkered with it um, on that one. don't worry oh um i'm excited to play mass effect one again it has been uh, many moons when did mass effect two come out was that 2011? 2010. Mass Effect. 20. Two. Yeah, I want to say 2010. I'm going to say 2010. 
You are right. 2010, yeah. 26th of January, 2010. I only remember this because I remember when I went to my very first convention, um, which was Game Fest in Birmingham. Um, yeah, literally ran by Game the Retailer. Um, they had a Mass Effect 3 demo there, and that was in 2012. Yes, so that like, game came yeah. out in 2012 because so, I was in. So yeah, and the person I went with was just literally just went pretty much just to play that. But yeah, wow. So, so I was okay. like 20. Yeah. I was like, yeah, 2010 sounds about right for Mass Effect 2. You forget how big Mass Effect's. I mean, I mainly went to that convention so I could play Street Fighter across Tekken. So Oof. <laughs> that was Oof. me. That and Batman Arkham City. That was the hot shit Oof. back then. Oh, that was a great con Oof. though. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I was about to say, like, Batman Arkham City, yeah, a great con. That's also the um, one. <laughs> Do you not like the Arkham games? I love that first Arkham game. But you I, don't like the rest. I do not like Arkham City. Um, I think it would have been suited better as, uh, hey, that fucking city was a chore to get around. Yeah. Um, And Arkham Knight just go in the bin i liked it i liked all three of them but yeah asylum definitely is the best of the of the lot um asylum asylum only has one real major bad bit and that's the final boss yes but, absolutely um arkham city like the fucking ending where it's like now play as catwoman oh uh, yeah there's those are catwoman sections yeah and if you hadn't played any of the other catwoman sections the game doesn't reduce the difficulty down from end game level of mm. Arkham City, and you've got a basically a fresh Catwoman with no gear upgrades or anything. Because I was like, I, I just see. want to fucking play as Batman. Yeah, um, I was one of those kids that was like, I want to do everything. So I, I didn't come across that when I played it. Yeah, I because I, I think I rented it, so it oh, was. Yeah. Uh, you ain't getting so it was like, like that. <laughs> Not all of it. I was like. Uh, Okay, I need to just fucking like whenever I rented a game, it was always like, okay, this is done in a week. Doing the main uh, story. <laughs> that's that's uh, it. Doing the main story is done. I'm done. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. Uh, also, sorry. Where was one last thing from that that con? Now I've got it on the brain. Oh. Um, I know I've probably told this story to you at some point as well. Um, but they had the the video presentation for Skyrim at. Oh, um, at that con, uh, we had to like queue up so you could go into a little room and watch like someone play Skyrim for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> one particular thing of note was that they had they had a few trailers on repeat outside the booth. Um, so I saw the really good Prey 2 trailer for for a, many, many times that had Oof. the Johnny Cash song in the background. Yeah, um, saw that quite a few times, um, but also accidentally ended up queuing up in the wrong queue. Um, so oh, no, and it was a long ass queue. You had to wait quite a while, um, and it was only halfway through getting through this like hour long queue that I oh, realized God. that I was queuing up to play Rage instead of watch Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Speaking of fucking cons, I know. Oh my God! We just yeah, I remember there was like a wave that went through this queue of people being like, "Is this not the? Is this not the Skyrim queue? Oh shit! This is the, oh, the Rage God. queue." Well, I mean, we've already been waiting here for so long. We may as well fucking play at this point. But then we'll just we'll just leave the rage booth after we're done playing it. I guess we'll just queue back up at the back of the other queue for Skyrim. Again. Oh my god! So yeah, end up playing rage by accident. 
<laughs> I would have been I would have been the one human being in that queue that was hyped for Rage. Oh, it wasn't too bad because, actually. <sighs> Did you ever play through Rage? I played so obviously I played it then and I played the early stages of it because I, I borrowed it off a friend once. Um but yeah, other than that, I, no. That that was a dark period for id software. Oof. That that was the last game they made before uh, Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah, pre Doom reboot. Um, obviously, like they did like Quake Live and stuff in between then, but like Jesus, yeah, Jesus, why boomerang blade thing you'd throw? Boomerang blade, uh, the fucking terrible shotgun for whatever reason. Mm. Um, had mega textures, mega textures. That was its selling point. It's a, it's like the id Tech Five engine could do these large scale textures where basically it's like a blanket over the entire, oh, yeah. like the entire mesh of mm. like the world. Um, but the problem was is that the 360 and the PS3 just weren't fast enough for them, <laughs> and neither were PCs at the time uh, because like SSDs were only just really coming into their own mm. and. Um, so basically what Rage is now is just this, like, if you go back and play it on 360 and stuff, mm. constant popping all the time, like, the Damn. game is just running at, like, it's tr- it's running at 30 frames a second, which is fine, but the textures are just constantly popping in, but on PC, it's running at 60, mm. and it's still never been, like, worked on since, like, obviously, like, it sort of just went, ah, fuck it. Put it out. Woo! Uh, it's gone. Um, we're going to go make it tech six and yeah. we'll figure it out. Um, Put it on but... three discs. Oh my God, it was on three discs. It was. That was fun at CEX. <laughs> oh my God, it was on three discs and the PS3... Was there a PS3? I can't even I remember think so. if there was. Yeah, there was, but it was obviously on a Blu-ray, so it probably it was, was on a Blu-ray, one. so it was, just, it was on... Yeah, it was on... And I think it ran worse on PS3 because the cell processor was just so bad at like certain games. Oh boy! Can you, um, can you remember when we thought that these consoles were like, "Damn, that's the future"? Crazy. We still, we think, still had so far to go. Yeah, I think my reality was shattered when I moved over to PC, and I was like, "Oh, these games load quick," <laughs> even on like old like mechanical hard drives and stuff, mm. like. Mm. Man, the um, but uh, speaking of first-person shooters, yeah, I, I've been, I've been playing Call of Duty Mobile. Oh yes, you have. Um, with your hardware, <laughs> with my with my controller, yeah, um, my PS4 controller on my iPad, yeah, um, works like a dream. It's fucking Call of Duty. Yeah, they just they made Call of Duty and put it on a mobile on a mobile phone, and it's it's Call of Duty. It it, it does everything you want to, except it's full of free to play shit. Yeah. yeah, um, like every time you load it up, there's about sixty messages of what's new that day and <laughs> what the the theme at the minute is cowboys. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> which I guess all ties into the battle royale stuff because sure, sure. that's in there. There's zombies in there. There's I'm just like wow. so I'm just playing them. I'm just playing the multiplayer and uh the the thing with these mobile games is that like obviously they need to onboard people who are you know maybe not particularly very good at video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like, hey, we need to trick these people into playing a bit longer. Oh, suck in um, the casuals. Suck in the casuals. They might buy something yeah. in those first 10 levels. Um, but I know the trick. So, um, you know, you, you know which, you know who's a bot and who isn't because <laughs> there was a lot of people just sort of walking around the map really and like it's just like oh you've walked right past me and like these bots are not clever so they're, they're bots they, that are... people have set up it's not no it's not but it, no, it's, it's bots, bots it's, it's bots that yeah oh. like um PUBG does this as well yeah. on mobile um so for the first like and Fortnite does it as well. Um, so mm. these, these these free-to-play games now, which are like, you know, have like massive user bases, mm. but they're all far ahead and stuff like that. So oh, they'll split you up. So there might be one or two humans with you. Yeah. But it's mostly bots so that you feel good. You oh, keep playing the game. Look at the, oh, they're smart, and, these devs, aren't they? Yeah, they're very smart. It's all psychology at this point. <laughs> and then once you reach, so with Call of Duty Mobile, once you reach like level 10, level 11 or whatever, mm. uh, which isn't hard to do, no. um, took me like a, a, an evening or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's suddenly like, I'm now playing ranked games because that's where I know humans are going to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's now just a regular Call of Duty game. Like I am not top of the leaderboards every single game. Yeah. Um, Some fun, you know, shooty, shooty, bang, bang. It's still yes. It's still filled with morons. I think <laughs> uh, there are so, there are games I'll get into where it's just like, oh, these people are definitely not playing with controllers. Um, even though it says I'm matching up with people mm. who are only playing with controllers, it's like this person's definitely not because of the way that they're aiming is like yeah. Did you try weird. The, the touch controls at all? Yeah, the shit. I okay. hate them. There you go. <laughs> um, it does. It does. It does like automatic shooting, and Ooh. so when you hover over someone, it will suddenly like it'll start shooting for you. It will start shooting for you, but it just doesn't feel right, especially mm. on an iPad. I yeah. guess on a f- mobile phone screen, it's fine, but when you got your hands that far apart, when you got that ha- your hands that far apart, and an iPad isn't exactly the lightest thing to hold in the no, world, it's not like that. Um, but there's like a couple bugs with the controller where suddenly the controller will stop working. Oh dear! So you have to like close the app down and reopen it. You know, just like mm. swipe up and then bring it back up again, it. and you'll be fine. But, Gosh. but there's like six people coming towards me so i just sort of grab the thing and just like press the trigger you know the shoot button yeah. and the thing goes automatically into like aim down sights and it's like a yeah. fucking uh, it's like a aim bot like <laughs> it's like okay uh, 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 shit uh um they just fucking walked into the bullets um very very large uh Indian community on that app. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of Indian names I'm seeing. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, which I guess is also the same with like PUBG I love Mobile. PUBG. Um, because I think PUBG Mobile got banned in India. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, like it's it's a whole issue. Like India was like, "Hey, our kids are playing this violent video game. Ban it." Oh, um, wow. But also forgetting that, like m- most Indian people are on Android, right? So, oh, so they got banned just, on the App Store. 
they could, it's banned on Google's App Store or whatever, but they could just fucking sideload it in if they yeah. want to and <laughs> d- connect. But like, it's why you'll see like um, I don't know if you've know like it's why you'll start to see uh, a new um, like business venture that people are doing is like, hey, we sell Google email addresses to oh, Indians. I didn't know about that. Uh, no. So that they so that they could log in um it's like it's not it's not anything expensive it's like no. a pound or two pounds yeah. but it's like you'll see like google email addresses legit uh, <laughs> legit one pound that's why you know like PUBG in installed hmm. um activated on this account and it's just like okay yeah the indians can't wow get hold of these so yeah there's it's, it's fucking wild it wasn't aware. It's, it's um it's like china like they, they, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about John Cena in a bit. Oh, but, you um, read my mind. Uh, <laughs> a large portion of them will not acknowledge that Taiwan no. is its own no. is its own country, but will definitely use it as a VPN point. <laughs> they have their uses. So, so like YouTube, YouTube algorithms and stuff like that will, you know, when you like look at the, like the back end of stuff, if you ever see like Taiwan is like a large portion of like oh. an audience or whatever it's because it's the chinese watching <laughs> youtube yeah, um wow yeah which is which is wild but yeah the call of duty mobile is fucking filled to the gills with free to play shit it's it, it like the actual game itself is good but it is just like ah there's too much going on over you're here not gonna, you're not gonna drop some dollar on it no no because it's like hey drop some dollar on a gun and i'm like i don't fucking understand your menu is like six things deep and, <laughs> and this like, gun the, that the, you gave me for free works just fine yeah like the, the like it's the same with every fucking call of duty game like it's either the the first gun you get the first assault rifle you get given or one of the other assault rifles you get given other way the assault rifles that you will use yeah you know the first SMG is the one you will use. The sniper rifle is the one that you'll use, etc. Um, until mm. like you unlock like what all the uh, what the leap pros use, the and stuff like stuff. that. Red tiger Special. skins and all that. Yeah, um, but you know you can definitely. T- I, I definitely know when there's a human being on on, on in the game <laughs> now because they usually got like an actual skin oh, wow. on or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it, I was I was humming and hiring about installing it and I might uninstall it actually because you know as much as I sort of enjoy Call of Duty now mm. and then um <laughs> it's fucking large the game's huge oh. it's constantly downloading things taking up a lot of space and, on the old iPad Yeah, I'm like you know I've just cleared all my Lightroom photos so it's you know and then this fucking Call of Duty thing comes in. It's like Muscles I gotta in. download two. I've gotta download three gigabytes. What have you got to download? That's three gigabytes big. There's like forty maps in this thing. We They're all like <laughs> remakes of like classic Call of Duty maps. Got a big old care package coming in, full of data. <laughs> so <they're> UAVs, <laughs> UAVs online. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. Oh, speaking of multiplayer games, I played Knockout City. Knockout City. Is that the it's the EA one? yeah the EA dodgeball one. Oh. I played two games of it and then turned it off. I didn't know it was even available. I presume it's in some kind of multiplayer. Is it in like a multiplayer beta it, or? It is out 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 out. Shit, I didn't hear anything out, about out. that. Um, it is free okay. for the first ten days. Right. Um, so free to well, 
download it and such. Free to download. It's the full game. Yeah. For 10 days. It's just basically like, hey, we're going to fucking, you know, whoever doesn't buy it, like whoever's not bought it yet will hopefully get suckered in and whatever. It's a good tactic by yeah, EA, right. um, if I'm honest. But like, I played two games of it. It's on Game Pass, so. Oh, well, okay. Um, I don't know if it's going off Game Pass after the 10 days. That's because, yeah. you know, obviously like EA Play is on Game Pass now. Hmm. So I don't know if it's staying within EA Play or if it's moving into the EA Play Pro where you need to have an extra subscription. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I played two, three games of it. I like how it controls. I like how it plays. Yeah. Um, so basically, you are you have like two little hearts at the bottom. You can get hit twice and then you know You're out. respawn. Um, it's just deathmatch basically. Mm. Um, but. Uh, I don't like how it looks. I think it's really ugly. Um, mm. It's constantly like, make your own style, but you'll load into a level and everyone's got the same fucking outfit on because everyone's Stuff obviously just starting at the same point. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll see. I, I, so, so, yeah, you, so like you can throw the ball, you, you know. You don't start off with a ball in your hands. Um, you have to go find it in the map. Mm. Um, so, like, there'll be like it's like a classic arena shooter sort of thing where you know you oh here's this ball and I'll throw it and there's like special balls that you can yeah. get um, like uh, oh, this one explodes. Um, but the the thing so you can throw the ball, charge the ball. It's all auto aim, so you don't actually have to aim anything. The ball sort of like seeks people when you throw yeah. it. Oh, just hit my microphone. Um, <laughs> it'll seek people when you when you throw it. Um, we get like a targeting outline around them or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then if you see a ball coming towards you, you can block it and then catch it and then throw it back. Yeah. Um, there's like a tackle, so you can knock people off the feet, um, and then. So the, the so there's like a double jump that's assigned to its own button. So you have to jump and then press the double jump button. Oh, so you, don't just, is, you don't just press jump again. So it's like you're not pressing spacebar twice yeah. because if you do that, you end up with a glider so that you can glide from oh. one end to the map. Um, that's so odd. That double jump's its own dedicated a thing. Double jump button. Yeah, and you can just like hit the double jump button and it'll just do like a normal jump, but you like flip around. Oh. Um, you can pass the ball, but if you know, this, it's all team based. Yeah, but sure. It's, it's fun, but I just realized like outside of like Call of Duty, I just don't have the patience for a multiplayer game anymore, <laughs> like PvP, because like Call of Duty, you know, it's like second fucking nature at this point. Yeah. It's comfortable. You know, it's comfortable, you know, I know what I'm doing, but like with this, I'm just like, I just don't have the fucking patience to sit down and learn this entire new multiplayer game. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you know, it's these kids are getting too good at these games. My reaction times are not <laughs> not as quick. Um, Man. Humbling. Yeah, no, humbling. Very humbling. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was so tell it's you know uh, I was talking about fucking Far Cry. Oh yeah, five and New Dawn. So it showed that uh, Far Cry six off. Yes, I I saw it was on, but chose not to watch it. <laughs> I basically waited until it was finished so I could skip through the uh, developer 
oh, yeah. like the nar- narrative design, narrative designer, lead developer, whatever, um, like bigging up his story. Skip and I was just like, the ah. chaff. Skip through the chaff. Just show me the game. Yeah. Um, so I wrote something while I was playing Far Cry Five, mm. and I have audio recording. I might have to just re-record it because. They basically reconfirmed. They basically confirmed my fears of what they would do with Far Cry Six. Okay. So a big, a big problem I had with Far Cry Five was like they chose something that's a legitimate like threat to American society at this point or Western society at this point. Yeah. Which is like these paramilitary groups, especially in America. I don't know if you like that siphon off like sections of land and then. Mm. go all militaristic and fucking cults and yeah, you know yeah like that um and the, the far cry 5 was like split between like trying to make a you know obviously every ubisoft game and immediately after the far cry 6 got shown like those fucking new stories already out there of like we want to make an apolitical message you know in, <laughs> we're taking an apolitical stance with this it's like you're, you're using cuban banana republic politics stuff mm. as your backdrop and you're saying like and eh, we no, don't want to no. say anything it's like it's no it's message like here revolution and protest and stuff like that so like my my issue with like far cry 5 like new dawn doesn't fucking matter it's its own thing yeah. it's like it ditches all pretense of like any political bearing because it's set in a post-apocalypse and you've got superpowers so um <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter but like this was like you know, Far Cry Five. You're, you know, one one versus this cult, and you know, hey, got it, got a, got a, you know, and then it's just, and then suddenly it's like, here's Herc, Huke. I can't oh, remember yeah. his name. I think it was Herc. I remember Herc. Um, here's Herc, and he's gonna shout about his wiener. Yeah. Um. Or, uh, here's this, you know, while while this cult is like making these very expressive and dark like hey here's here's this guy talking about how he ate another guy to survive mm. and then five minutes later oh my wiener hurts i got <laughs> shot my wiener um <laughs> bit of a tonal problem bit of a tonal problem but also just like using the backdrop of like american fascism as like and then not doing anything with it. Yeah. Like not, you know, you've got this platform where you could say literally anything and you're deciding to not say anything at all. Mm. Um, so, you know, like, and then even, and then Far Cry 6, so they show it and it's like, hey, you can fucking use all this like slavery, dictatorship, mass genocides, you know, gulags, mm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, hey, um, you know, this guy is like executing people in the streets who are showing dissent and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, we're apolitical. And also you can pet the dog and there's an alligator and there's a, and, and, and you got a backpack where you can shoot rockets out the back. And it's just like, right. Okay. That's all cool. But did you have to use the very serious problems of the things <laughs> yeah. going on around the world? Like, you know, this sort of reflects on what's going on in like, venezuela and mm. etc you know like hey there's real life examples of this being really bad for the people involved yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like and it's just like okay ubisoft are going to fucking ubisoft at this point but it is so fucking funny mm. like someone tweeted like 
can't wait for Far Cry Seven where they start covering like the uh, January sixth Capitol riots. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but they don't want to say a story because you know there's no political science no. because. Yeah, and I'm just sort of imagining it, and it's just like, okay, yeah, there's, it's like you are the the lone cop inside the inside the capsule while the riots are going on, and the Trump the Trumpies of uh, <laughs> battering through, but doesn't matter because your level four cat partner is going to leap <laughs> off your back and 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 give you a grenade, and it's just like, mm. fuck me. Um, you could see yeah, it though. I, I can see it. I can easily see it. Um, yeah, like, you know, someone said, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, let's use these really serious political backgrounds. And it's like, IGN, the guns are good. It's like, <laughs> well, fuck, okay. Oh, sometimes video games make me just guns hurt is good. inside. Yeah. D- yeah, it makes me hurt inside. It's, they, they could do so much. Like, Far Cry 2 did a lot with not very much mm. um like the the way that it explored like african paramilitaries and mm. uh you know like the mercenary culture of that era and whatnot and it's just like you know then then far cry 3 was like far cry 3 was like the best version of what they're trying to do now yeah of like the main because it's so fucking far removed from everything that but and you know far cry 4 kind of like but then far cry 5 and this one it's just like you can't use these political backdrops and then not have anything to say about mm. it that's mm. the entirety of ubisoft's entire thing like watchdogs like a post-brexit fascist society which is literally the setting yeah. of britain that they're using and they're just like we're not saying anything no don't worry about it don't worry about it it's like ruffle any feathers motherfuckers you you're using oh oh, (laughs) choking on my own rage here um but jacob yeah what have you been doing what have i been doing um Mm. well we'll start with the big boy um Mm. As as was alluded to when I was talking about Returnal the last time we were speaking, um, Returnal probably was going to fall off because when I got paid, I was probably going to buy the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, yes. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, I've not played any more Returnal because I just bought Mass Effect and that's all I've been doing on my PS5, really. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of convinced a little while ago, I think it was a few months ago, um by a video essay that i watched um on youtube while i was working um i don't remember who it was i i don't really remember much of what was said other than i i remember being like the content and what he's saying about the game is good but he keeps making like homophobic jokes and stuff at the same time so i'm like i don't think i can recommend this video essay to anyone but yeah i enjoyed what you said about the game and it made me want to play the game but please stop with the jokes um So in terms of my kind of history with, with Mass Effect, I only played the first game um, many, many years ago. Um, and as I, as I said to you guys in the group chat, it was largely kind of as a, a favor slash just stop talking about it. Okay, I'll fucking play it to one of my friends. Um, but I never actually moved on to the rest of them after that. I, I, it might have just been because I was... Because Mass Effect 1 is a fairly long game. I might have just been burnt out on it or it might have just been like, look, I played the first one. Okay, it was all right. 
just fucking stop. <laughs> um, stop trying to make me play all of them. Um, but no, I, I, from from playing the first one, I do have fond memories of it. I did enjoy the first game. Um, yeah. I, I was actually one of the people that was kind of a, a big fan. Funnily enough, is, is something that we spoke about a little while ago was the the busy work side of it. I actually quite enjoyed about Mass Effect 1. Um, a lot of the side quests, while they don't have much in the way going on in terms of story, they usually only have story to kind of set you up as to why you're going to this planet and exploring it. Um, I mm. actually really enjoyed the the kind of side questy nature of things where it's just like, yeah, I've got a reason to go. I'm going to go on this planet. I'm going to drive around, explore, find some things, and then probably clear out a base on this planet. And yeah, it was a fun little gameplay loop. It wasn't particularly like interesting or insightful or anything like that. Um, but I used to really enjoy that side of it back in the day. And that's honestly the main fond memory I have of Mass Effect 1. Um, it's a good podcast yeah, game I- in that regard, actually. It's something that we were just talking about um yeah i remember listening to a lot of podcasts while just having the sound off just driving around in the mako and just going around these planets doing all these side quests (laughs) see i was so i played that game basically a few months before mass effect 2 came out Mm -hmm. because i was like i gotta play mass effect i gotta see what this is all about yeah um i just remember sort of like burning through it very quickly because Mm. uh the shooting won't, you know, like the combat won't great, but oh, yeah. I fucking we'll loved, I fucking loved all the story stuff, like the political, like, mm. um, intrigue and like the council. And it's definitely you know, something I didn't appreciate at the time. I don't think. No, like, I don't think I appreciated it enough because, mm. like, whenever I think back on it, I'm like, huh, yeah, no, this game was like, Hey, there is a reason Mass Effect is so fucking lauded. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I would say but you, this time around, I am enjoying a lot more of the kind of core aspects of the game a lot more, um, like the the party interactions in the main story. Um, I think the world itself is super interesting. I, there's not a single one of the, the races within the Mass Effect universe that I'm like, oh, they're kind of stupid or oh, they don't really fit in. Um, they're varied. They're all pretty interesting. Um, it is great sci-fi. Yeah, genuinely. Um, like, yeah, legitimately. Like, they. I think it's. I think it's why it resonated with so many people. It's just that the world that they built was so enticing. Like, yeah. there hadn't been a world built like that since. Mm, I'm trying to think of one that was actually like, really good. Yeah, like sci-fi wise. Like, I don't want to say like you know I don't want to immediately fall back onto like, um, Star Wars yeah. or. But I think something like Mass Effect hadn't been available to a wider audience since yeah. maybe like Star Trek ended, because like Star Trek ended like three years before that, mm. for good, as far as people knew. Like 2004 yeah, was when it, I know um, there was stuff out there like like Battlestar and Stargate yeah, and all that, and I'm like I didn't watch any but, of those. No. <laughs> no, and I don't think a lot of people did either. No. Um, but like that type of world, like universe almost. Yeah, in game form as well. I'm trying I don't think there was much. Yeah, in, 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 in game games. form, I in, in game form, I don't think a world has like anything that even what Bioware have created mm. has struck as much of a chord as Mass Effect has. Yeah, definitely. Um even larger <laughs> franchises and stuff like mm. like think about it, like Mm, no yeah 
Um, yeah, uh, and as you said previously, even even the kind of political side of things with the council and stuff, I feel like those were just cutscenes I breezed through when I was a kid because I was like, oh, I'll just get back to the game. Um, yeah. Whereas now it's like, yeah, no, there's genuine like race relations, and yeah, they don't want you to be a spectre because they don't like humans and all that sort of thing. And you actually becoming a spectre for the humans is a really big plus for the human side and and all that. Um, I'm not actually massively far in the main story um, because I've been doing a lot of what I used to do when I was younger, where it's like, I've got a side quest. I'm going to do that first. Um, So I've done like all of the side quests that you get when you first arrive at the Citadel, um, as well as also once you do the first main story mission post arriving at the Citadel, you get a bunch more side quests you can do. So I've been doing those and you get given them while you're exploring in the Normandy as well. So largely my my time has been spent doing side quests. Um, you get given three main story missions once you arrive at the Citadel. Um, on There's like one on Ferros, one on Novaria, and then there's uh, the one where you go find Liara. Um, I've done two of those. Yeah. I've still got one left. Um, but yeah, largely it's just been story quest stuff. Um, so uh well side quest stuff should i say um but yeah um a lot of time running about in the citadel talking to people <laughs> um and then yeah having some kind of combat based missions as well uh, speaking of talking to people on the the citadel um i wanted to make special mention for all of the secondary races that you find on the citadel mm-hmm. um like the elcor and the volus and the hanar the elcor the elcor are i love them <laughs> they are humor Hello. <laughs> it's it's just like it... feigned attraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when they said I think it was I think it's when in one of the elevator kind of scenes, because the game, obviously being on a PS5 now, it, it loads super quick. So you don't actually have to kind of sit through the elevator announcements that you listen to while the game would have been loading on older consoles. But you can still yeah. like wait it out and listen to them if you want to. And I have been for the most part. Uh, with my favorite one being that apparently someone was putting together an all Elcor version of Hamlet for for the stage, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I want to see that. <laughs> I love, I love. I think there's like, um, I can't remember if it's one or two. It could, it could be anything. It yeah, could be yeah. any of them. Um, but I think there's like a Elcor poster of like, um. A movie star like an yeah. action like <laughs> diehard movie of like, with an Elcor, yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, Fuck I need yeah. to see all of this media. Um, um, yeah, no, I, the, the 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 little guys are also great. The Volus, uh, Volcus, yeah. Volus, little mole um, dudes. Yeah, yeah they're, they're they're fucking funny as shit. Yeah, they're pretty um, fun. And even even the Hanar, yeah, the big floating plink, pink, pink blobs. Uh, <laughs> God, about those guys! Yeah. Oh my like, god! Just like big floating party balloons that talk about it's, gods and stuff. They're so good. It's, it's real just weird ev- sci-fi stuff. You, you, you are right. Every, there is not one bad, boring race in yeah. the entirety of. Like I just did the the DLC, the single DLC that that came out for Mass Effect One, the Bring Down the Sky DLC, where you're on. Uh, Earth's Moon of all places. Um, oh no, it's it's like a actually it's not exactly Earth's Moon. It, it's very similar though. Um, and it's the Batarians who want to like crash the moon into the planet. And that was the first time where I was like, I mean, these guys are a little bit lame. But 
otherwise, yeah, all of the core races that they introduce in Mass Effect 1, I'm like, there's not a single bad one in there. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, like, even, even like the enemy, like, Mm. enemy uh um especially mass effect one like the geth are really fucking yeah. cool it's mainly been geth um, and also um as of the, the second story mission i did it was the rachni as well yeah the rat the rachni are pretty cool i like where that story goes from what i remember i think that's the mo- i think that's the turning point i had in that game where i was just like huh yeah yeah no this is good this could this- tell a good story i should I need to pay more attention to this story. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, like I f- still think it's weird that people find Turians hot, but uh, Turian, you know, yeah. that's yeah, uh, Garrus and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I find am, that weird. I am playing a, a female shepherd, um, and I am aware that you can romance uh, Garrus in the later games, not in Mass Effect One. Yes. Um, no, it's not my plan, though. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, no, I, 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 I got. I'm trying every time I like think about like how I'm going to play that game. I'm like, okay, I cannot do what i did last time i have to play it differently but i just know that i'm gonna end up fucking romancing uh tally again tally okay interesting uh that was she has she's one cool. of the I most like tally her her thing in mass effect 3 is so fucking bittersweet oh interesting um it is it is i remember she that... was on, she was on my main party when i played through mass effect one yes. the first time i think it was like tally and rex were my were my two yeah tally and rex boys. until until there's a, there's a speech check with rex and i'm like ah Ooh. i tried to i tried to i tried uh, something bad can happen to rex and i tried to rectify it but i was like i'd have to restart the whole game and respec and, and i was Maybe just not. like oh okay i've got to live with my issue i've got to live with this Damn. forever consequences so so this time I'm going to keep Rex alive forever and ever. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm not using um, either of them in this playthrough, actually. Um, I'm using Garrus and Liara as my two peeps. Ooh. Um, um, yeah, Liara obviously going to be the the object of my affections. Um, <laughs> it's because you're a basic bitch, Jacob. Well, yeah. But I mean, as a girl, because yeah, I'm playing fem, fem Shep, um, my options are literally Liara or Caden, and I'm like, oh, Caden's rubbish. And so <laughs> he is. He's such a. He's so. He's so shit. He's such a dweeb. He's, he's such a dweeb, but he's so much better than Ashley. Yes. So I mean, I literally wrote here in my notes. I was like, using Garrison Liara. Sad I can't have Rex as well because I'm like, ideally I'd have like a, a four person party, and I'd include Rex as well. Um, and I was like, Tally's okay. Don't care for Caden. And Ashley is a racist. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you're just such a fucking racist. Because she is. Genuinely, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember that from when I played it before, but we had like this war council thing after one of the main missions. And she's like, Are you sure you want to bring in that fucking Asari on board, Commander? I'm like, All right, Ashley, she's my girlfriend. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting used again, ever. Uh, uh, they're. Yeah. they're, they're- there is there is a point in Mass Effect One, you know the bomb, yeah, and you have to make a decision between. Yes, it's. I mean, uh, it's a very old game. You don't have to veil the spoilers. I you have to choose between Ashley and Caden. Yes, to go dispute. I always send Ashley. I 
I remember sending Caden the first time round, but this time round, I'm like, you know what? I might change my mind. <laughs> so, so Caden doesn't really show up until like Mass Effect three. Mm. Again, afterwards, like the, the the they sort of drop off the face of the earth in Mass Effect two, yeah. mostly because of like the you know who you're working for and stuff like that in Mass Effect two. Um, but the yeah, no, I remember he pops up in like Mass Effect three, and he's like fucking bitter that oh. you s- didn't didn't send him, and it's like I should have been the one to die, and oh. it's just like, All right, mate. it's like <laughs> motherfucker, Ashley was a racist, yeah, like she you, gave you me lived reason be- to send. She gave she gave me a reason. She gunned down Rex in front of me. This what? Yeah, oh my God. that's the speech check. She, she fucking gunned him down. I was like. Oh, bitch what god i've got to be on i've got to be on high alert for that shit get your speech checks like that's that's how i'm gonna play Is that, that like game paragon putting, like, points or paragon like i don't i don't fucking remember which one it is but i just know that it's just like if i fuck up again i'm cheating i think the ice cream man's um, here again oh <laughs> he's come from lincoln yeah um so yeah mainly using garris and yara um it's a nice kind of balance because he's quite combat and techie focused and she's obviously very biotic focused so yeah and i'm literally all combat i don't have any specs in any of the fancy stuff because i think i was like a like a combat biotic sort of person in my first playthrough whereas this time around i was just like nah no bullshit I just, i'm just gonna shoot everything and just blast on through yeah I'll let my teammates never re- handle that side of things. <laughs> yeah, I never really liked much of like the powers stuff in Mass Effect 1. Genuinely doesn't always even felt show like- you. It doesn't show you any of it. I wasn't using it for the longest time and then was like, wait, everyone's supposed to have these abilities. So I just started pressing buttons and yeah, the right shoulder button. It's like, look at all these abilities you can do. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it was it was one of those situations where I was like it's one of those it's one of those early Unreal 3 games where it just sort of like everything doesn't feel like it connects, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like especially like the biotic powers where it's suddenly like, oh, they did a magical blast and it's just sort of like <laughs> I will say though, now that because I mean one of the, the early gripes I had with the game was because I was doing a lot of the side content before the story content, and I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to do it. Um I was finding some of the early firefights a bit difficult, mainly because my party felt like they were paper thin and would yes. literally go down or you know if they were hit by a stiff breeze um <laughs> so they, they, they just kept dropping like flies um but that has like totally evened out at this point now that i've kind of muscled through it and if anything i'd say that liara just makes the game ridiculously easy um with yeah, her biotic that's... abilities she just picks them up and just floats them through the air and then I just shoot them out of the sky like a clay pigeon with like my shotgun just like bap 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 and then they're dead and then she does the next one and it's like yeah Liara's made the game ridiculously easy at this point um, yeah I think I think that's why a lot of people ended up using her um I just figured it was why. I was like well if I'm gonna be romancing her I want to use her a lot and then yeah my my friend who I spoke to last week he was like you realize you don't actually have to use her to romance her and I was like oh well I mean I've already I've already Spectre into stuff and I'm just going to keep using it. Um, oh, now I fucking want to play. Uh, oh, God. Ah, look what I've done. <laughs> look what you've done. Look what I've done. Um, I will say, oh, though, I've... it was something that you mentioned previously. Um, the, the, the gameplay is still a bit clunky and it definitely shows its age um, in some places in how you run around and the, the combat is still fairly kind of 
free-flowing it's mainly yeah when you're running around the place it's still quite stilted and and yeah it just feels a bit yeah clunky is really the only word i can i can think of in that regard so 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 they didn't they didn't like overhaul the combat to match like mass effect 2 no 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 it's purely a, a graphical overhaul um with also the one thing that they did change i'm not sure how much it is different from the original is the leveling up system um i think the because it, it does mention this to you at the start and it's like do you want to use the new leveling up system or the old one because uh, i think there were like what 60 levels you could go up to in mass effect one um and they've streamlined it down to 30 in the kind of new xp track um so it still feels like i'm leveling up an awful lot i'm actually leveling up really quickly i think i'm I feel like I'm a bit OP for where I'm at the game right now. Um, but that's actually the only change they seem to have made is that they've, they've kind of revised the way you earn XP and level up and you can play it that way if you want to, or you can play it the old way if you want as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, because I remember like um, Mass Effect 1 was still clinging on to like those classic, mm. um, you know... Classic Bioware stuff. points classic bioware stuff put points into this and points into this yeah. and here's an inventory screen with all these different stuff and weapon uh armor with different buffs and inventory is still pretty clunky as well i will say um yes. you can mark items as like junk and stuff which is fine um but anytime you pick up a new weapon then having to cycle through to see if it's any better than what you've currently got and and stuff like that it's it's uh, it takes a fair yeah. amount of time yeah yeah you are reminding me that mass effect one is old yeah um that's, that's I, I, ultimately what it, i have to say yeah is it, it shows its age it's not like it's you know I'm, it, it was good at the time and it's still pretty good now but obviously a lot of advancements have been made in 15 odd years um, well i mean like i mean I, I, it is going to be a fucking weird like it's a weird collection in and of, in and of itself because it's like okay so they didn't overhaul the combat mm. and i guess they made the mako easier to drive which i still stand um, by anyway i i remember my controversial hot take from when i played mass effect one was that i really really liked the way the mako handled um motherfucker <laughs> no yeah because no i was the kind of person obviously the main kind of driving that was vaguely similar to that in games that i'd played beforehand was was halo which is kind of similar but also a bit different the mako just allows you greater control because you use two sticks instead of one to actually move the thing around whereas in halo it's just like you press forward or back on the left stick to go and then you use the right stick to aim whereas you can actually that- move the, the 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 vehicle itself with the left stick and also kind of turn with the right one as well i think once you get used to it i genuinely think it's really good that yeah, I. Joel disagrees. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I disagree only from my experience with that fucking vehicle. That I it's not deliberately... as perfect as I remember. Uh, I will say no, that I like put it on a pedestal in in my head, and it's this opinion that I've had for like the past ten years or so, or however however long it's been since I played it. You, I, I know you're not alone. I've seen this. I've seen this point come up a fair bit recently. Mm. Um, of people saying like, oh, I liked how the Mako controlled, but that motherfucker, like, do you remember the ending sequence where you have to like race against time to get to the portal to in... like launch the make in Mass Effect One? Like, you no, have to launch the Mako. Uh, it's before the last boss. Like, you have to like I remember very drive well down at the end of that game actually. Um, so 
but I just remember like the only reason I made it in time is because the game glitched the fuck out, <laughs> freaked out, and launched the Mako <laughs> from halfway across the level yeah. all the way through, and I just managed to land in the portal. Amazing. And I, and, and activate the next cutscene. And that's what we call uh, an MLG moment. An MLG moment, but that thing happened all the fucking time. It's just like it would just launch itself into space, and I'd be like, "The fuck, I'm dead." Why? And it's like, oh, it's because the Mako fucking, you know, yeah, v- vaulted like sixty feet into the air and exploded on impact. And it's just like, okay, the main the main thing yeah. I, I think about it that I'm like, this isn't quite how I remember it. Is that I remember it being a lot better at going up steep hills. Um, a lot of times it just doesn't seem to have the juice in it to go up these kind of mountain sides and i'm yeah, like I, I, I remember this being like an all-terrain vehicle <laughs> I, it's like i'm the same i remember it being like i can fucking t- there's a reason it launched itself it's because it gets clicked yeah. into the geometry it wasn't supposed to go into I'm trying to scale the side of the um, mountain like skyrim just like hopping up the side of it but no it's a, it doesn't want to do it in the mako um, but yeah oh i I'm, I'm excited to start playing that thing because i'm more excited mm. to like it sounds kind of bad but i'm kind of excited to get mass effect one out of the to revisit mass effect one but also get it out of the way because mass effect two fucking rules i'm glad that i i've played it before is is what i'll say yes in that i can be like oh i remember this this and this whereas if i was playing this completely fresh now i'd probably have a lot more uh negative feelings towards it um in terms of how dated some of it can feel um yeah like the jump between one and two is ridiculous Hmm. like two is like i i think two is you know three has better shooting whatever but but two is two is the pinnacle of the good just good balance of the both the good balance of just like you know story-wise it doesn't have the issues that mass effect 3 does which is that it's got to wrap things up and it doesn't have the issues of Mass Effect 1 where the game is still in its infancy and it's figuring itself out. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I... God damn it, Jacob, you got me hyped for Mass Effect! Well, one, one last thing and, on, I- the, um, on the, the game feeling old, actually. Uh, a little anecdote um, in that... I mean, Hannah's seen me play a little bit of it because um, I play it on the downstairs TV. Um and I, I, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, if Hannah watches it, maybe she'll be vaguely interested in kind of what's going on and the different, you know, races and people and whatever. However, uh, like the one part that Hannah ended up seeing was supposed to be like a super dramatic moment. It's the ending of the Neveria mission where you come across Matriarch Venezia, um, who's Liara's mum. And she's being mind controlled by Saren to kind of do his bidding and stuff. You thought she was evil this whole time, but no, she's just being mind controlled. She's actually a good person. <laughs> and she's like, you have to kill me to break the control and all that sort of thing. And she's like, mother, no, and all that. And it's it's supposed to be this really dramatic moment. And I'm sure it was back then, but the the kind of, because it's not like a pre-rendered cutscene or anything. It's just these like still mannequins standing there looking yeah. at each other, occasionally gesturing to one another with like an empty, like kind of like palm hand sort of thing. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, this is supposed to, why is this the bit you've got to see? Because even I'm kind of cringing a little bit of this. And she was just like, Jacob, this looks dreadful. And I was like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it came out like 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> I wanted you to be interested in this, but I'm sure it's just dead now. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I literally had to make excuses for the game. I was like, it's kind of old, okay? They just they just graphically upgraded it a little bit and then brought it out. They didn't change any of this stuff. Um, yeah, because it's not till like Mass Effect Two that like Shepard starts fucking emoting yeah. on screen with his body. Like all those characters sort of stand around and like talk to you as if like it's like it's the Fallout Three issue. Yeah, yeah, where everyone just has this dead stare and like the face moves but nothing else does. You approach them from the side to talk to them and they just kind of like ninety degrees <laughs> swizzle round in a still position. <laughs> just imagining like me approaching you and you just go like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but overall yeah I, i'm really excited to get into the series um i already feel a lot more invested in the whole thing than last time um and yeah looking i'm looking to at least have the first game finished before final fantasy integrate comes out <laughs> um in kind of early mid june so we'll see how that goes but yeah. i i think i think you will find that you will. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, I remember those games can fly by pretty quickly. I remember beating Mass Effect One because I didn't do a lot of the uh, side stuff in Mass Effect One. Yeah. So I remember beating that in about fifteen or so hours. Oh, like, wow. I don't know how much of the side stuff I've already burned through, kind of like percentage wise. It feels like a lot. I know there's still like crew based side quests. Um, each one has their own kind of help me on my story mission, Shepard sort of thing. Um, not done any of I those think, yet, I th- but I, I want to say I think, in kind of th- terms of the Citadel sort of stuff that you get, I feel like I'm, I've done at least half, if not more. Yeah, I remember uh, the the only time like the side stuff really becomes like that Mass Effect Two, like you need to do all the side stuff, yeah. not only of like you know so that no one fucking dies at the end, <laughs> yeah. but um, it, it, it legitimately has some of the best fucking stories, Ooh. like. It, that that series tells uh hidden behind side quests um, it, side quests like it's it's lo- loyalty missions that's what they call that's it that's what they are yeah uh loyalty missions um mass effect 2's loyalty missions are not only the best designed stuff but because it, you know it forces you into using party members that you might not have previously used yeah it was kind of my worry for these ones because when i saw it it was like yeah you got crew based side quests as well i'm like oh god am i going to have to use people that i haven't leveled up or given any gear to and i don't know if that's the case but i'm a bit worried if that's the case because i've literally just been like as soon as i i pre- as soon as i got garris he was in my squad and then liara is literally the la- the last party member that you get so um i used to, i think it was rex in the meantime but yeah i'm a bit like oh i don't want to have to use people i i don't want to use but yeah I, I i do i like and then mass effect 3 has something similar Speaking of, I'm aware of right. the fact that Liara is not in a lot of Mass Effect 2. She's in the DLC. So I'm just like, oh, yes. who am I going to use instead? She's She she gets a... Uh, you Don't worry, Mass Effect 2 has a better crew. Like, not not that well, not like disparaging Liara. Liara. <laughs> I, I like Liara as well, but Mass Effect, Ma- Mass Effect 2 has Miranda and Jacob. She seems like kind which, of a bitch from what I've seen. She is, <laughs> but like they are Miranda and Jacob are basically your Caden and Ashley yeah. like your base level yeah. um of of that game you'll probably not use them much after that mm-hmm. but uh they are far more interesting characters you know, Thane looks pretty um, cool I like his design Thane's fucking awesome um Thane's fucking awesome and uh uh Mordin 
More the than, scientist. Oh, yeah, the Solarian, yeah. So he is so good. Oh my god, yeah. his little rhyme, his little his little jingle that he sings into himself oh. is so fucking good. Oh man. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward um, to getting to it. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I will sing Mass Effect 2's praises to the end of time. And now I've made um, you want to play Mass Effect 1. And now I'm going to do all three. God damn it. <laughs> well, you've bought it. You may as well. <laughs> I might uh, as well. Yeah. I paid I paid the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have got a few other things. I'll breeze through them because they're not nearly as, as in-depth or, or big as Mass Effect has been. Um, I purchased Original Doom for £2 on the PlayStation Store. <laughs> So what spurred this? Uh Tim Rogers. <laughs> That's oh, that yes. was it. Um yeah, he had his video essay on Doom, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was really in-depth and super interesting and and yeah. And I was like, shit, I've never actually played original Doom all the way through, so I should just do it. Um and yeah, luckily enough, on the PlayStation store they had like a retro and remaster sale. Um so yeah, I picked up original Doom for for two quid. Um so yeah, I'm just playing Doom on a PS5, feeling like a real bougie <laughs> bitch. <laughs> um, I mean, realistically, how much is there that I can say that hasn't already been said it's, about Doom? I mean, I mean, I mean, you're coming to it from a relatively new place. Uh, a new, uh, yeah, 2021 perspective. Yeah, like having not, like uh, you know, I played original Doom in when I like got my laptop yeah. and it was on I first played it on the 360 yeah the 360 version was pretty good actually yeah um, I remember and I think this is just the same version but is mm. this the version with the battle uh, the Bethesda net stuff I believe so um, um, I've not really looked into it too much but I think yeah I think that's right I think I think this is uh, I think this is one of those weird ports that Bethesda did hmm uh i'm trying to remember now i think it is just basically a straight port but i think it's the same i think i can't remember but the doom eternals port of yeah doom 2 or whatever um is weird it's like a weird thing mm. but yeah how are you finding original <laughs> doom? how are you finding this game from 1993 uh I mean, yeah, it's 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 very enjoyable. It's it's fast. It's visceral. It's um, it's, it, it's got it's, very good uh, game feel. Is the term game feel? Uh, yeah, it is. You I'm, know, I'm not particularly hey. good at it. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not playing on a very high difficulty, um, but it's still still very fun. Um, it makes you realize how well they've done to replicate that feeling in the new Doom games as well. Is one thing I thought. It, it kind of the new Doom games. I know you're probably not going to say it about Eternal, but the it's got similar kind of fast-paced, semi-chaotic. Oh, I'm getting surrounded by things, but I'm also blasting through them pretty quick, and it feels pretty cool. I think they've done yeah, a pretty good like, job of replicating that in the new games. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, like, and you know, hey, there is a you know, there's a reason first-person shooters for the longest time were called Doom clones. Yeah, that was actually one of the, one of the other things I was going to say was. Yeah, when you go back and play a game like this, you realize how much it's rubbed off on literally everything else. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the deeper you get into that game, the more you realize, like, oh, they were just making a puzzle game, but with shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I've actually been playing it on. Blue Key. Yeah. Um, I've been playing it on my iPad, actually, um, using remote play. Um, mm. And it, it plays really nicely. Um, one thing they've added 
recently on iOS is PS5 controller support for remote play. So I no longer have to use my PS4 controller to play my PS5 on my iPad, which is nice. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just been playing Doom on my iPad while we've been watching other stuff on the TV and it's a good time. Um, I've only done the first episode so far. Um, cause as I say, the before, best one. Well, yeah, that's what you said. Um, previously it's, it's a very good introduction it, into things. Um, it, I wasn't it, aware it, until I watched Tim Rogers video that like half the levels were designed by Romero and half of them were designed by Carmack. And you can kind of, uh, you can kind of tell in like episode one was one guy. Episode two was another or something like that. Uh, Carmack designed the engine. Um, he was he was focused on the engine and mm. like getting the uh, and getting everything running. Um, I believe it was Romero. Some other guy, <laughs> I forgot. Sandy Peterson and um, I think I think it wasn't until Doom Two that American McGee came on. Ah, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, you know American right, McGee of American McGee's Alice. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does speak about um, McGee quite in depth actually in that video. <laughs> um, yes, because because McGee had a tendency to fucking trick the player. Um, you knew it was a McGee level when it was like, "How the fuck do I open this door? Oh, I have to press this switch here that's invisible, <laughs> and it's 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 hidden into this pillar because it kind of looks like a switch, but it's not really a switch." Mm. Um, yeah, or you know, and then Doom Two, Doom Two is like. Um, they 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 learn they learn how that engine works in ways that I don't think people are expecting. Yeah. There's a lot of like gaps to run over and stuff it's like, like that. Now we know what we're doing. We can really kind of pull this thing apart and get to work yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, um, I, I just re- I I love the story of like when they released Doom. You know the shareware like hey oh yeah the free the- yeah. His his Doom's first episode because they just gave the whole episode out yeah. for free, like, and then you had to mail in a check to to, and then they'd ship you a copy of Doom in a paper <laughs> yeah. bag or whatever. Crazy. Um, but they they put it out and they crashed the university server yeah. that they were hosting <laughs> it on, and got into a lot mm, of trouble uh, because they basically took down the entire university system. Mm. Um. Or the, the 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 multiplayer was basically done and constructed in basically a weekend over Christmas break. <laughs> uh, John Carmack just decided to stay in the office and like read a white paper on like TCIP um, internet connections and stuff like that, and yeah. how he could replicate it, and like moved all the computers into one room and like <laughs> okay this works but he only had four computers so it's like that's why it's four player multiplayer and stuff like wow. that smart guys yeah. they are john carmack is very smart he's he's done space shit since <laughs> he's he's at oculus now super smart man. um john romero very smart gentleman needs a leading hand needs direction <laughs> um yeah yeah because otherwise you end up with daikatana <laughs> yeah oh daikatana um, but yeah anyways um yeah so i'll, I'll probably play through the rest of it especially because it is quite a it's quite a quick game to get through so it's a nice thing i can pop on the ipad when i'm just watching other things on tv um because yeah um as as tim says in his video um i fall under the category of doom poser 
where I was just be like, yeah, yeah, I know all about Doom and I, I know what it's about. And sure, I've played it when I've not really played it all the way through. Um, so yeah. yes, as a Doom poser, I feel like I should actually play through it. Wait, wait. <laughs> Where where do I come under? Where I've played through it, but like I stuck the cheats on halfway through because I was just like, Ooh. I need to do this. You might you might also be a, a subsection of a, a doom, doom poser. Oh, <laughs> might be a doom um, poser. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to play through that a little bit more. I'll probably just do it in kind of dribs and drabs over the next week or two, probably. Um, other random things to to quickly go through. Um, here's your weekly Hearthstone report. Um, oh, not much going on other than saving for the new mini set that's just been announced. Um, a mini set, yeah. So they've started doing these um, not too long ago, um, a couple of expansions ago. Basically, in between each big expansion, they kind of do a mini set, which is like usually about thirty or so new cards that they just throw into the into the meta as its own tiny little thing that's based off of the most recent expansion. So uh, for instance, the last one they did, the big expansion was Madness at the Dark Moon Fair. And then they had the Dark Moon Races as this mini set of like 30 cards that you can either buy for like, I think it's like a tenner, or you can pay 2000 gold of in-game currency to buy it instead if you've got that saved up. Um, So yeah, they've announced that. They announced it and it's also coming out on the 3rd of June. So they've not really given me much time to save for it, which I kind of grudge a little (laughs) bit. Um, There's already some juicy stuff that's been revealed for it. Um, There's a a big legendary Murloc card that literally eats a card in your opponent's hand and gains its stats, um, which I'm very scared about as someone who primarily plays Control Warlock and Rush Warrior, both both types of decks that rely on you holding stuff in your hand for a long time um mm. so i'm like i'm definitely gonna have my combos ruined by this fucking murloc um <laughs> i'm gonna buff these cards in my hand and then it's just gonna be like lol nom um nom. <laughs> so yeah um that that'll be happening literally in less than a week's time at this point i think i'm just gonna have to buy it with real money because i don't think i can save enough gold um before June the 3rd, which is a bit of a shame. Um, It is a shame, but, you know, like, I I guess, like, having the meta shaken up a little bit every now and then is worth the cost. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that they're shaking up the meta um, and throwing up these 30 new cards into the meta literally days before the conclusion of Hearthstone Grandmasters. Um, (laughs) So literally they've been doing this league for, like, the past eight weeks or so um each weekend on youtube um with obviously yeah the pro players getting points and and whoever gets enough points will qualify for the playoffs and stuff literally the playoffs are next week and they're like lol we're just going to completely turn things on their head you thought you knew the meta before this big important tournament nope we're going to throw all this new stuff in um so that'll be fun (laughs) to watch i don't I, i i feel pretty bad for the for the pro players having to figure this shit out that quick but yeah you know oh well i'm sure they'll manage oh well They'll manage their pros. That's what exactly, they're exactly exactly. That's what they're there for. Um, also, um, a very slight Genshin update as well. Um, oh, I'm preparing for version 1.6, um, which was announced yesterday. Um, they are doing a bunch of things that you'd usually expect, like new events and you know, um, what's what's the word? Bosses, improvements, all that sort of thing. Um, mm. They're also bringing back um, Klee, who is a character who has not been around and available to get since my very first bout of downtime with Genshin. So obviously I've started playing the game when it very first came out and played it for a couple of weeks then and then stopped until about November time. 
Um, whereas this character was available during that kind of October period where I wasn't playing. Um, and they finally okay. finally brought them back um, as the next banner after this one. Um, so really looking forward to that. I'm saving my wishes and resources for them because I've wanted them for so long. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's another new character has been, been announced as well. He doesn't really interest me. It's just another windy guy with a sword. I don't really care. Um, and also the, the other thing I'm kind of vaguely interested in is that they're finally introducing character costumes slash skins into the game. That is like okay. I I want to say I, in my mind I'm like that's taken a while for them to well, introduce. Yeah, it's like, of course, why did you not? <laughs> the amount of but people, then you realize people spend all this game already. It's like yeah, uh, but then you realize the game's been out less than a year. True, true. So yeah. so we're getting two summertime skins for Barbara and Jean. Um, one of them you get for free. Get them bobs out. Basically, um, yeah. Um, one of them you get for free. You get the Barbara one for free by participating with the kind of summertime event. Um, whereas the Jean skin is one that you just purchase through the in-game shop. You can't use in-game currency. You have to buy it with real money. Um, and I haven't seen what the price point is, but a lot of people seem to be complaining that it's too expensive for one skin. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, did, did, did you see that um, the uh, Respawn had an AMA? on reddit oh, for ask me anything um about so, so the first fucking question was like the fans asking like hey why are these skins so expensive <laughs> and they're just like look the the game's free we need to recoup the cost somewhere you, and i'm like you ain't gotta buy them yeah because you know I, I bet a majority of players are actually free to play proper like mm, um be. so you know at some point at some point like i understand why you know I understand both sides. Yeah. It's one of those Definitely. where I'm like, hey, these skins should be fucking cheap. Yeah. Because it is. But at the same time, like, hey, how many people are actually paying money into this thing? Yeah. Yeah. I know that Genshin is doing gangbusters for him, but. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, but yeah. I, and it, honestly, it, it, I don't grudge it, will, it too much. It, like I say, it's optional it will, content. You don't need it to play the game. So buy it if you want. But you're going to get it. I don't have the character it's for. Um, although I did have the conversation with Hannah where I was like, do I, cause it's going to be reduced for like the first week or two that it's on the, on the store. I was like, do I just buy the costume in the hopes that I eventually get the character or do I, Oh God. So I have a costume for a character I don't have. Or do oh, I? No. I don't know. I don't know what I do. Um, unless you, unless you start rolling as soon as it no. fucking comes out and hope to God. That's not happening. All my, all my efforts are going into Klee. Um, <laughs> So yeah, not gotta get that Klee. I'm saving, yeah, saving for Klee, cute little girl who throws bombs. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's all the gaming side. Um, a couple of other little entertainmenty tidbits. Um, Ooh, obviously I saw the Demon Slayer movie. Oh, I won't go I'm into it too much because you're because you are seeing it soon. Uh, but just to highlight it very quickly, um, it was very very good. I absolutely loved it. Um, I saw it in Japanese, although from to my understanding, there are also English dubs out there. Um, yes. It didn't list it on the uh, Odeon website. I didn't actually know what language I was going into when I walked into the cinema. So, but As far as I know, I'm seeing the subbed version. Yeah, that's about uh, that as well. I saw. It was real good. Um, I'm, I'm used to watching the English dub and it didn't really bother me with the, the Japanese voices. So uh, yeah, 
Um, animation is what you'd expect from Demon Slayer. It's really good as well. <laughs> it's like one of the main selling points of the whole thing, um, especially with it having a, a movie budget instead of you know movie budget TV show yes. sort of one. Um, yeah, it's both emotional and funny when it needs to be. Um, with interesting focuses on as certain every- characters as well. I was interested at the characters that it focused on during the movie. Um, as in, like, as in, like, it doesn't really focus on it. Like, so obviously, it's going to focus on like you know your main dudes yeah, and whatever. Without, but without spoiling too much, um, there's lots of content for Inosuke, um, Boarhead Man. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Inosuke based stuff in there, which I was like, that's pretty cool because he's like, he's my favorite of the main three guys i would say probably is inosuke um not too much for for nezuko or zenitsu in my opinion there's not they have like a couple moments in the movie but not actually not as much as i'd have expected considering that yeah they're part of the main kind of the main four characters um and obviously lots of cool parts for tanjiro and the newly introduced character that they're kind of tagging along with um the hashira called rengoku who's the the flame hashira um did you finish the the show I am currently making my way through the last few episodes cool. before it's before it? before tomorrow. Yeah, because it's in those last few episodes is where you'll come across the Hashira, who are like the tippy top demon slayers, and they're like a lot of the cool characters in the show are the Hashira. Um, so yeah, excellent, excellent. You'll meet the flame Hashira in the at the end of I, season one, and he's like a big part of the movie as well. Yeah, I I, I was like humming and hiring about whether to go back into a cinema or whatnot mm. um but i am now fully vaccinated so i was like yeah i will say for, for the cinema experience i was pleasantly surprised with how well it was handled um i did go once during the pandemic for for akira um which was also in my opinion pretty well handled at my local odeon um but yeah literally a guy outside the front of the cinema who's beeping off your tickets there's distancing with like two cues you either go straight to the movie or you go to the the food bit where you get your food beforehand um and then yeah obviously you can only book certain seats with kind of gaps in between so yeah, yeah this is so, i think the way that view viewer handle uh, handling it is like when the seats are booked they sort of like block off yeah what you know uh internally like on their so- software side but yeah um the only seat of it the only seats available were the fucking it, it must be fucking popular because the only seats available were the vip seats oh That'd be nice though. On a Sunday on, on a Sunday night though. I yeah. was like surprised. I was like, oh. Wow. Um that'd be rad. I'd love to see a VIP seating. VIP seating. We saw it in IMAX but, to be fair. Um and I was like dead I, center. It was lovely. I really wanted to see it in IMAX, but the only seat available the only seats available in IMAX were like off to the side, right at the back. Yeah, that was like, I'm like that that that'd be fine, but at the same time the, the and then i was like okay well maybe i'll go through it and you know i start and but at the same time it's like six pounds for a vip seat yeah. at the minute with the views so i was like hey, oh, i'll just go for the i'll just go for the cheap one yeah there was um, a pretty because... filled um viewing when i went um there weren't very many free seats and obviously a lot of the free seats would have been ones that were enforced to be free uh for distancing purposes um with even yeah people being like right at the front row on like an IMAX screen trying to read subtitles um i wouldn't want to do that personally um no that 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 was also the other option was just like and here's the right at the front yeah. and i'm like Haha, i'm I, I i need my glasses but i definitely wouldn't for this yeah especially yeah with subtitles and stuff um 
so yeah, I I would happily I want kind of want to see it again. Um, I was going to read the manga anyways. Um, I'm kind of up to where the where the movie takes place. Uh, I've got that saved in my iPad. Um, but I'm still probably going to read through that part where the movie is in the manga anyway. Um, just because the movie was really good and I want to experience it in the manga as well. But yeah, a thorough recommendation for the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie. Mugen, um, Mugen Train. I told my colleagues at work that that's what I was going to go see in the cinema. And the way they looked at me on that Zoom call, <laughs> they were all like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Because oh. they're like yes. mostly middle-aged women. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Demon Slayer <laughs> Mugen Train. And they're like, Mugen Train. Oh, okay, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you have fun now. Yep. You, you know. You like it, it makes you happy, and that's that's what matters. Um, yeah, my I, I showed my uh, I showed my dad and his girlfriend yesterday what mm. I was going to go see, and they also had the same reaction. Mm, like, right. okay, ah, oh, okay, um, and you go and you going alone? I'm like, oh, well, no. <laughs> well, I remember actually. Um, obviously, I told you a few weeks ago that I did have it spoiled for me. A big kind of plot point yep. in the movie spoiled. Um, I feel like the emotional parts of that particular plot beat would have probably hit me a bit harder if I hadn't been told, but it still was sufficiently heart wrenching, I will say. So mm. there you go. Um, mm. And the final thing, very, very quickly, because um, I'm only uh, a little bit into it. Um, obviously, with us finishing WandaVision, um, we've now started watching Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Um, I need to get back to that. Yeah, we're only a couple of episodes in. Um, I've not already got too much to say about it at this point in time. Um, obviously, I like the dynamic between Sam and Bucky. Um, they're a good pairing. Um, it was another one of those things, obviously, when all these Marvel shows were announced and it was like, oh, you're going to make a show about Scarlet Witch. And it was like, oh, you're going to make a show about Falcon and Winter Soldier without Captain America there? Um, where I'm just like, no, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at how well they've managed to carry it off without the kind of big Avengers players in it. Uh, yeah that's the most surprising thing about all these fucking marvel tv shows it's just like these kind ah. of these kind of b-tier characters that yeah sure you cared about before but they're not like but, the main blockbuster superheroes but it's like no they still do a good job of making you care about it and it's nice background for these characters to get you invested in them and, and make them into the a-tier superheroes now a lot of the a-tier ones aren't around anymore ah uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah it's it's I, i'm i'm you know, I was a bit like meh on that Eternals trailer. I've not seen it. I've mainly because I've been, I, I kind of saw the discussion around it and saw a few screenshots and I, and I was already a bit like, oh, over it. And so I'm like, I've just not watched it yet. It's, it's, it's more of, it's, I don't know, like for, for a comic book movie, like it, it, it just looks very dull. Yeah. Like even color wise, like it's just very muted. It was just like, oh, the memes from the trailer that I've seen where they've just been like, we we said we would sleep and not interfere unless things got really serious. And it's like Thanos literally snapped half the universe out of existence. And that wasn't. Yeah, where the fuck were you? <laughs> where the fuck were you, motherfuckers? But now, now that it's your movie, your stakes are suddenly, yeah, the, the, now it's important enough. Um, now your stakes are so, up. Yeah. Um, as a big Captain America boy, it is is making me miss Captain America, proper Captain America, Steve Rogers, though. I'm very sad and having to kind of finally come to the realization that, yeah, he's not going to be in any more of these sorts of things. Nice. No, he's, um, he's gone, boy. Um, he's, it's a big sad. He was my he's my tippy top Marvel boy alongside Doctor Strange. So he's yeah. He's 
dead. He's, he's yeah. Well, he's an old man. He's he's old he's man. An old cat. man. Um, old man cat. Nice seeing uh, Zemo as well from Civil War. He's been pretty entertaining in the show. Um, and they've also given Sharon Carter a character of all people. So it's yeah, fair one. Oh, yeah, it's uh, fair one. A, a lot less to say than about One Division because obviously One Division was a bit more of a, a creative leap than Falcon and Winter Soldier was. Um, it's pretty. Yes. It's a pretty safe story for Marvel, but. As I said a couple of weeks ago, Marvel's always pretty consistently good, so I'm enjoying this. I think Hannah's enjoying it a fair amount less than WandaVision because she's just like, she's not massive on the kind of, not like spy elements, but it's like, oh, it's thriller and espionage and then action scenes and whatever. Yeah. She likes she, the more quirky side of the, things. Yeah, um, the, the, the more fantasy-esque. Yeah. Um, so I'm still, I'm still enjoying it a fair amount, and I think she's mainly getting through it so we can then just watch Loki when that comes out. Yeah, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, I do like I do like Loki. Um, I am going to go have a wee, and it. then we will come back with. Uh, I just have some stuff to talk about. With like what's going on with because uh, the new magic set's been uh, it's in spoiler season at the minute. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm going to grab a drink we'll... and give myself a spray because I'm stanky. Hello. Ah. All here. That is better. A present and correct. Yes. Yes. Fresh. Absolutely. Smelling good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do you know what else is fresh and smelling good? What's that? Really expensive new magic sets. Oh boy. Modern Horizons Two. Doesn't feel like long ago since we were talking about the last one. Uh, th- this is like the supplementary, like. A mini so, set, so, if you will. A mini set, if you will, oh. but filled with like, filled with cards that are desperately needed for to shake up uh, modern in some respects. Oh, so these these aren't these these aren't legal for um, standard mm. play. Okay, okay, if you will. Yeah, uh, these are all modern and below modern and etc. But you know, some people mostly just buy these sets for uh, commander and stuff. Yeah. Uh, sure. I I have my eye on a booster box just because I know that they will a sell out very quickly and the prices will go up. Uh, but also, it is two hundred pounds. Oh my goodness! For a booster box or sixty five for a bundle. Bundle. A bundle which is uh, it's got ten packs in it. Okay. And like a die, uh, like some dice and. So you'd be it's buying temp- this. Obviously, they're physical cards. Are, mm-hmm. you, are you planning to play in person anytime soon? I hope so. Mm. I, I so I am missing physically. I'm missing everything from Icoria onwards, mm. basically, uh, which is kind of killing me on the inside because I'm like <laughs> fomoing to, to fuck. But at the same time, like eh, you know covid happened what oh, are you gonna yeah. do uh but the prices on like the current standard sets so like raising up a little bit now that you know they're slowly going out of print and next stuff's coming in whatnot mm. but uh yeah no i i'm looking at i'm looking at these fucking modern horizons because it's like this is the set of like hey here's some reprints that you need but also here's some new cards that are a little bit buck wild in some respects. Okay. Um, so like here's a squirrel that 
makes more squirrels depending on how many spells you cast that turn. Um, you know, fetch lands are in here. Okay. Right. Uh, in two ways, there's a, they've got they've got fetch lands with old borders, uh, like in the nineties. Oh, the retro stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The retro stuff. So they're gonna fucking skyrocket in fucking price immediately. <laughs> Um, I can actually tell you how much one of those is going for. Based on those two bits of information you gave about the squirrels and the lands, it sounds like they're looking to speed up the meta. Uh, well, modern's already pretty fucking quick anyway, and oh, I don't think the squirrels. <laughs> I don't think the squirrel will see. Um, I don't think the squirrel will see much play. Yeah. Like, uh, but like you know, it's. <laughs> You know the the top price card at the minute is sixty seven dollars. Oh boy! Um, for a cabal coffers mm. for two and tap, add a swamp for each. Add add black mana for each swamp you control. Um, subtlety, a creature elemental incarnation, which, uh, yeah, it, um, is like. Uh, A lot of these are all going to probably fluctuate in price. You know, there's Mm. a ton of like sub dollar cards in here and stuff, but I, I, it's more of, it's more of like the luxury side of it where I'm like, I kind of want it. I kind (laughs) of want it for like the luxury side, but I should be smart and just buy the singles rather than buy the packs, especially seeing as like, I still have that booster box of Dominaria, <laughs> which is now worth two hundred dollars. Uh, two hundred pounds. Just keep it sealed at this point. That's what I think I'm going to do. Hold on to but it. At the same t- at the same time, I'm like, do I buy one of these boxes and then when we can all con- congregate, like crack it open, like a like with like, like people do a draft with, a, with everybody? Yeah, people like people do with like a like an old wine or champagne. <laughs> Yeah, like, open after a few years. Like you were talking about, like um, about, about Hearthstone, and I'm just like, I, I, I'm looking at like Magic Madhouse for like other trading card games just to see what else is out there at the oh, minute. Yeah. And like I showed, I told you about that Flesh and Blood. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, it's still fucking out of stock. Oh, everywhere. Oh. I cannot <laughs> find these intro decks anywhere, and. They're on eBay, but they're like way too high price oh, for because it's like ah, oh, these are actually really good. The hero decks, and it's like they're meant to be a tenner, but these are going for like eighty quid somewhere. And I'm just like fuck. I just want to, I just want to try this flesh and blood game. Everyone keeps <laughs> saying it's really good. Everyone says it's really, really good, oh. and the, the booster boxes aren't too expensive. And hmm. I don't know, but I don't, I don't see many events to do with it at the minute. Um, around Manchester, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm excited for like magic stuff because it's it's almost time to get to do the gathering again. Yeah, the gathering part of Magic the Gathering. The gathering part part again. You know, like once we can all gather as well. Oh, it's like yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm excited to play it again. You know, mm. like, like Time Spiral Remastered just came out as well. You know, there's fucking magic product everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Too much. Uh, but uh, do you know what is, do you know what else is everywhere? What's that? Bring in that biddle. What? <laughs> Bring in that biddle. 
Comical amounts uh, of biddle. Comical amounts. Too much biddle. Critical that biddle. Mass. <laughs> I made all the biddle. You just you just put it in the program and you saw the biddle slider and you just you just yep. put it all the way up to the right. All the way to hundred percent. I bought the uh I bought the humble bundle pack of like musical stuff. Humble biddle. <laughs> Humble Biddle, and it's like comes with like a like a metric ton of like um samples and stuff for you to use mm. if you were musically inclined, which I am not. So I've just been slapping things together, and it's like okay, if I keep everything within this group or within <laughs> yeah. this particular sound, it sounds like a real song. So yeah, uh, I just slapped on like three guitars and went, ah, that'll do. Nice, all the biddle. Nice, uh, all the biddle. All the biddle for all the wrestling. Um, Ta-da! yeah, we, I mean, it's been like a week, week and a half, two weeks. Time is a, oh, con- time is an abstract a, concept uh, at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, whenever it was that we last recorded, I think it was about almost two weeks ago, week and a half ish. Um, the table was all sorts of topsy turvy, um, with Joel on the top of the table. Um, and then me in second, yes. Lauren in third and Ollie in fourth. Um, we've had a packed time in between. Obviously, there's been quite a few shows in between, um, with a couple of title defenses on the weekly shows, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, a big return, which we'll get, which we'll mm-hmm. mention. Um, a small debut, um, as well as also the build for Hell in a Cell taking shape. Um, but before we can get to that, of course, we have to do our little weekly wrestling roundup, which usually takes longer than the actual main part of the show, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, it's fine yeah. there's no one here to interject now Jacob Almost you take like it away we don't want to talk about WWE but actually there's a, quite a fair amount of WWE based news um, this week um, yes however first as has become sort of a weekly tradition we have our Dark Side of the Ring roundup um, tell me how that Ultimate Warrior episode was we want to go through Warrior first because we have had two episodes since we last recorded we had Collision and Korea as well shit yes no we actually did talk about this just two hours ago Jacob oh. um, <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the Collision and Korea episode was interesting yeah um, it's something that I've personally kind of watched YouTube documentaries about before um there's a very good wrestling youtuber by the name of kim justice who does really good japanese wrestling based videos and yeah they did a a documentary about this show um so i went into this obviously still very interested i remember saying when the episodes were announced that this is one of the ones i was more interested in um from a from a history perspective yeah yeah, because i mean there's there's a lot of uh i remember there was a lot of kind of fairly not obvious stuff but stuff i already knew a lot about kind of and i was like how much are they really going to add to the topic um but yeah with this one i was like there's probably always more skeletons in the closet when you're talking about north korea um and there was um <laughs> from there was stuff that <laughs> there was... i hadn't come across definitely um i don't know if i just misremembered a lot of um the previous documentary i watched or, or whatever or just yeah it just fell out of my head um, as soon as it went in um but yeah there was a lot of stuff within this collision and career episode that i was taken back by um and and didn't have any prior knowledge of um so i mean it's literally as soon as i turned the episode on and this was something that i lamented in the previous episode and as soon as i heard eric bischoff's voice oh boy i was like yeah they they gave like a lot of spotlight to eric bischoff which i guess is fair i get it i do get it 
He was actually not that bad in this episode either. It was just purely no. based on his involvement in the Prime Pillman episode. But when he just turns up on the dark side of the ring now, I'm just like, oh, this fucking guy again. Um, the, but uh, So the collision in Korea was... Oh uh, yeah, probably for context. For, for context. Um, collision in Korea was a joint operation show. Uh, initially was the brainchild of Antonio Inoki, um, head booker and top man in new japan um who yeah was kind of rekindling things with wcw after a, a few years of not wanting anything to do anything with each other um and he basically came to eric bischoff and was like we want to run a show in north korea um purely because antonio Inoki's big into his politics as well um yeah he's, he's done a lot of cool stuff like that that i have heard of before where he's like negotiated hostages being released and all that sort of thing um he was like yeah we want to we want to run a show to kind of you know, a run the biggest wrestling show that there's ever been, but also kind of semi help my political <laughs> career. Do you guys want to be involved? And Bischoff said, "Biggest wrestling show ever, sure thing. Let's do it." Um, yeah, let's and quite literally, yeah, one of the biggest shows, un- unintentionally one of the biggest shows. Almost 190,000 people there. Um, it's a very impressive Whether- show to look at. Before we get into any details, like actually watching the show because it is all on YouTube um actually seeing matches from the show like it is impressive to look at um don't get me wrong yeah although they do go into the the documentary kind of in the later half when they actually talk about the show and also it's very apparent when you watch the show itself that yeah a lot of the crowd not that they didn't want to be there but (laughs) they were just physically forced to be there um yeah and they've never Uh... really seen pro wrestling before so it's just a bit kind of like they don't really know how to react for a lot of the stuff. And so it's just very, no, it's because very quiet. It's... it's impressive, but quiet. Yeah. That, so they, they interviewed Scorpio, uh, Too Cold Scorpio. Mm. And I was about to say Scorpio Sky then. <laughs> and it's like um, Too Cold Scorpio and uh, Scott Norton. Uh, Scott Norton, um, which I think were the best two that you could possibly get for i mean obviously because they were involved and everybody else seems to either be dead or rick flair <laughs> yeah. um, um, also they're, they're both very personable people i've got a lot of time for both of them um yes scott norton they you don't really see very much of because i mean in at least on the american side of things he was just kind of a mid-card guy um and he's always one of those names that when people are like anyone could get into the nwo even scott norton um and it's like no he's actually pretty good and he had a hell of a run in japan and that's probably why new japan wanted him to go on that show because he had a genuinely really good run in japan yes and he seems like a great guy yeah he seems like a great guy and um two called scorpio mm. seems like a like a a fun dude to be around interesting character um i don't know if you know this it's the the stupidest and uh i don't know it's the fact that you always have to drop about scorpio sky whenever you're on a a wrestling podcast um is that he apparently has a very big willy um i wasn't expecting you to say this <laughs> no he does apparently <laughs> according to none other than the nature boy rick flair who used to nickname scorpio baby arm <laughs> oh my <laughs> <you> go. god <laughs> there's that knowledge for you <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting this conversation to go this way, Jacob. Well, I'll be honest. There you go. That's that's the stuff that lives in my brain. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so who's is bigger, Batista or oof, Scorpio? That would be a, a battle for the ages. That's a, that's a hoss fight. That <laughs> physical. Uh, yeah, no, they got Scott Norton and Scorpio, as you were saying, for the interviews. Yes, um, they were they were, they were pretty fucking good pieces, like you know, information. Yeah, givers, um, very honest. Yeah, uh, you could tell that like maybe Scott Norton was still a little bit like, ah, I gotta keep kayfabe up, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but that's just you know, that's the business. As the you know, he's 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 a man of the bit, you know, like these these are older gentlemen at this point. Mm. So, um. But like that, you know, outside of like the career thing, them just fucking shitting on. Um, uh, is it Hawk? Yeah, there was a, that was a large portion of this was dedicated to Two Cold Scorpio and Hawk's beef that just seemed to escalate and escalate. Um, I'll, so I'll, fucking I'll, funny. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I've got my notes like verbatim for when I was watching. So I was like. Scorpio and Hawk getting in a fight is fucking typical. Can you not can it for literally a couple of days while you're in North Korea? <laughs> My money's on Scorpio, though. Didn't know Hawk had hepatitis C. Um, which I gen- genuinely didn't. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't but- laugh at that, but just just the phrase that Hawk had hepatitis yeah, C. I, I didn't know, but I mean, that apparently that was Scott Norton's excuse for why Scorpio won their first skirmish. Um and then it, it went on. I thought that was the end of it. Um, but then obviously they came back to it again. And I was like, Hawk and Scorpio fighting again. Fuck's sake, lads. What is your fucking problem? He wants to shiv him. And Chris Benoit is the voice of fucking reason. <laughs> that was... My mum looked over at me when she heard that. and was like, just like, oh, oh, that Chris Benoit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's how yeah. bad it is. Um, apparently, that yeah. And then they came back to it again later in the episode where Hawk and Scorpio ended up burying the hatchet somewhat in the elevator as Scorpio was probably about to to stab him. Um, and Hawk, yeah, was just like, I was all out of pills and booze, so I've just been really cranky. Um, it's like, fuck you. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that pretty much was what Hawk was running on at the time, I'd imagine. So, yeah. Yeah, well, um, until, his, until his death. Yeah. Speaking of the of the interviews, actually, with, with Norton and, and Scorpio, I remember distinctly saying on our last episode that I'd be very surprised if they got Antonio Inoki. I, I was genuinely aghast I when was, he showed up. I, I ate I that was, humble pie <laughs> where I was like, I holy was, shit, that's actually Antonio Inoki's there. The chin himself. Um, the, chi- the, whole, the whole chin the whole was there. Chin. And yeah, I was like, humble pie. I'll happily accept it because I'm fascinated by Inoki. Um but yeah, was, he is an interesting individual. So interesting, his... so weird. Much like Vince McMahon in a lot of ways. Everyone gives him the Japanese Vince comparison. Um, but right, yeah, so, I think they even do it in the show. Yeah, he's like, just such even a, in the episode. He's just a weird, weird dude who literally was yeah, just this absolute kingpin of of Japanese wrestling. Um, yeah, and just had the weirdest like ideas them, and yeah, them having to explain who Anoki was to an audience that might not know what yeah. Anoki was it was very interesting like he's, they, he's they kind of the... like a Japanese Vince but also a bit of a politician and also a bit like a Japanese hero uh, it's like it's kind of like if you rolled Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon into one figure and just plonked him in Japan that's kind of what yeah. Anoki is 
Um, yeah, fascinating dude. Unfortunately, they didn't have too much from him other than him being like, I really wanted to do this show. I'm kind of proud of it. And I'm not surprised yeah. Hulk Hogan didn't want to come. <laughs> it's basically all he said. Um, which, I mean, yeah, they, that was one of the points I did make was that was Bischoff told the story of going to Hogan and being like, hey, we're going to Korea. Do you want to come? And he's like, yeah, no, nah, brother, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> and I'm like, normally, that doesn't work for me, normally I would rag on Hulk Hogan being like, yeah, of course he doesn't want to fucking come, whatever. But, I, you know, I think he's justified in this. It's one instance. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to North Korea either. Um, but also, the consummate professional, of course, Ric Flair goes. When you can't get Hogan, <laughs> Ric Flair. You get Ric Flair. And he's man. pissed off. And he's pissed off that he got chosen second. If that isn't just Ric Flair's career in WCW while Hulk Hogan was there, like just distilled down <laughs> into one perfect incident, it was like, yeah, Hulk Hogan didn't want to do it, didn't want to play ball, whatever. Ric Flair, yeah, he'll just, you know, he'll just sigh and pull his socks up and just do it for the company because he loves the company. Um, so big respect for Ric Flair damn. in that regard. Um, also major payday major payday of course yeah um so i thought it was funny when they said that they felt safe traveling over to north korea because they had Inoki and ali on the plane and they were like well they're not going to do anything to uh, muhammad ali so i'm fairly sure we're pretty safe while we're flying over um then there was a story of the pool table um <laughs> they they messed up playing pool and the, the koreans didn't like their floor getting scuffed so yeah uh honestly honestly some of the stories they were telling i was like do you know what if it wasn't coming out of these fucking lunatics mouths <laughs> i wouldn't believe them yeah. but because it's so far-fetched what's happening like, it's just like you yeah. actually believe that every word that comes out of their mouth I even <laughs> um even bischoff even Bischoff, who, yeah, was the next story um, where he said he went for a run um, without telling anyone. And people were literally turning and running from him like he was Godzilla. Um, to which God I damn. wrote, I would scream and run away from him too, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really hate Bischoff that much. I, I, yeah, I don't know, Jacob, I don't know. It's, it's like the Cody Rhodes thing. I don't want people genuinely thinking that I'm like, want to want to hurt cody Rhodes or something um no it's just his character is shit um what else was there scott norton on the phone complaining to his wife saying that korea was a shithole and getting detained um that was the, like the one incident i was i was mainly aware of that happened in collision in korea i was like i know scott norton got held up for something and they pretty much had to beg and plead for him to be released <laughs> um yeah oh god well, because they were listening in on the phones um i i did note down i was like it is a bit silly on your part scott because i mean all this stuff that's happened already and then you go on the phone and complain to your wife about it like you think they wouldn't be listening in yeah th there were certain points where i was like these guys just naive. <laughs> yeah they're just not getting it like the situation that they are in. Um, it's like he said beforehand, know, but when they were going to go play pool and they were saying about how they did, they were like, there were these like dudes outside our doors and stuff, tracking our every movement. And I said, or oh, if this guy keeps following me, I'm going to attack him. And I'm like, are you stupid? <laughs> they will... <laughs> I'm just going to attack even a member now, of the like... North Korean military. <laughs> 
even now, like, yeah, sure, Scott Norton could take he him could. on, but but also the guy has a gun. It's not worth it. And <laughs> also three other guys with guns. Yeah. Mental. Mental. Um, oh my god. He does say like WCW should have warned us of the conditions that we were going in, which yes, is is a fair point, because they really should have. Even even if it was like the most obvious thing in the world where it's like, yeah, just don't just play by the rules, please. Um, please they, they apparently they didn't do that but also you still should have known what you were going into you don't need to Absolutely. be told <laughs> the the north korea are literally going to be monitoring every move while you're in there as a foreigner um yeah and then there was more about the the hawk and scorpio stuff um day of the show um as i said previous it was a very impressive show to look at but um apparently the matches the matches itself are a bit crap as well apparently it's not a particularly good show or interesting show to watch from a wrestling standpoint <laughs> Um, it didn't sound like uh, it, it, you know. It sounded like the Ric Flair and Anoki stuff was apparently that's like the one shining beacon <laughs> that was on which, that card. You know, hey, they are both professionals. I tr- fully expect like both great wrestlers. Rick. And as I um, said, Anoki massively respected in Korea because uh, his trainer Ricky Dozan, the guy who basically popularized wrestling in Japan, uh, was was of Korean heritage. Um, who ended yeah. up? Who ended up being killed by the yakuza? <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So the Koreans hold Ricky Dozan in very, very high regard, and kind of by proxy, um, Inoki would fall under that banner as well. Um, yeah, um, it was it was an interesting episode. It wasn't wasn't as weird as I think it was going to be. No, just a lot of stories uh, of we did this thing like, that we thought would be normal, but it's not in Korea. Um, yeah so yeah it it was still interesting i went into this episode being like i'm going to be interested in seeing how many parallels there are between this and how the wrestlers are treated when they go to saudi arabia nowadays (laughs) um because like i'm surprised that didn't even come up because i mean i mean we've had the stories of you know them being held on the plane and and stuff like that and like how many rules do these wrestlers have to play by when they go to Saudi and how much do they have to follow the rules and, you know, make nice and all that sort of thing. I'm like, I bet it's weirdly similar. Um, yeah. Just to purely, to purely guess, I would assume it's quite similar. Um, and to top things off, um, I specifically wanted to make mention of Scorpio at the end saying that it's the only thing he can brag about over Hulk Hogan is that he's wrestled in the biggest wrestling show of all time. (laughs) He was like, I can always say that I did that and Hulk Hogan didn't. Hogan's done all these other things, but I have this. And I'm like, you do you, Scorpio. <laughs> you you do you. The only the only the only wrestler truly beefing with yeah. Hogan all these years later. You probably got a bigger dong than him as well. <laughs> um Yeah, so I watched that one this afternoon. Um and then also watched the Ultimate Warrior one, which came out, I believe, Thursday. They're on Thursday, don't they? Um yeah, I think it's Thursday nights yeah. in America, and then it's um, like. So I watched the Ultimate Warrior one that came out this week as well, um, or as Dana Warrior would christen it, "Smut and Filth." Um, oh, did you hear about that? She commented on it. No, basically her thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring are that it is smut and filth. Um, probably, Why? probably because, because it... they're going to be talking shit about your horrible husband, <laughs> um, who who you've tried to rebrand as. Uh... Yeah. As a as a nice individual, so I'm pretty sure. I I don't know if it was just a meme. I actually might look this up. Um, bear with me for a moment. Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when Ultimate Warrior 
did a promo about how he's going to live forever and Ooh, then he fucking died. Yeah. Oh, they talk about that. <laughs> they mention it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, wow, kind of how they, that's kind of how they weirdly bookend the the episode. <laughs> is with that with that promo um yeah no so this wasn't actually a meme this is genuine um on dark side of the rings official merchandise store on pro wrestling tees they've released a shirt in the style of the dark side of the ring logo that just says smut and filth um with the profits being donated to queerart.org so that's pretty fucking good screw you warrior oh my and, your, and your wife <laughs> and your wife, <laughs> and your wife. fuck you um so yeah, the the Ultimate Warrior episode, um, similar to the Collision and Korea one, a lot of it I was already kind of mm, somewhat aware of, um, but there are some a pretty few there are a few spicy details um, sprinkled in there that I definitely wasn't aware of, and I'm like, oh damn, this is a lot worse than I realized. Um, <laughs> oh damn, <laughs> literally. And when you're saying oh, oh damn, oh, that's about wrestling. That's, it's a lot worse than I realized about wrestling. That's it's, one it step up a lot. from an oh heck. Um, <laughs> on the Dickens scale of of surprise and amazement, um, literally once again within the first couple of minutes um, of watching this this episode, I heard Eric Bischoff's voice again. Oh, for God's sake! Like, Is there not an episode he's he he's not on anymore? He's just got opinions on yeah. everything. Um, but also, once again, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't obviously massively involved in Warrior's career. I guess he's just kind of like a a, a semi important figure in the world of wrestling that can give his two cents on it but but yeah also i i guess he he was involved with the um wcw run wasn't he he would have been which they completely don't mention (laughs) um they totally gloss over they pretty much yeah they go from his 96 very short wwf run at like wrestlemania 12 um and then instantly it's like oh and then in the late two like mid to late 2000s he became a motivational speaker and stuff they just completely gloss over his wcw run to be fair there wasn't much to it it was literally like a month and a half long but yeah um but also yeah like from a wrestling fan point of view i guess it's like hey this is kind of important (laughs) of like a colossal fuck up oh yeah um like can we talk about this but uh that jr podcast i think goes into it a little bit Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that actually, yeah. Um they start off kind of showing his his early life before wrestling. Um he was big into bodybuilding, which would surprise absolutely no one. Um Mm. his bodybuilding pictures are pretty grim to look at. Um (laughs) as in like he's just a You are gross. It's like something out of Akira, yeah. Or it's just like a massive, uh. massive muscle, just muscles coming off of muscles, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> this is something really Blech. weirdly, yeah, unsettling and kind of gross about it. Um, they go through his early tag team with Sting on the Indies as well, um, with basically everyone being like, "Yes, yeah, Sting was really good." Yes, and that's, that's what Jr. said. <laughs> uh, so Jr. was talking about it from like a position of like being, you know because he worked in the territories at the time yeah um or was, was around uh, the around that around those discussions and like um he's like there's like you know, and the conversation like yeah. yeah there was like the conversation of like hey you bring these guys in and eventually like they, they, they eventually move on mm. um but the the problem was is like they move on and they've improved they tried to they couldn't get fucking rid of the ultimate warrior because yeah <laughs> it was so shit no one wanted him pretty much um they do have 
old kind of interviews for with with warrior slash jim helwig um they do have some old interview clips that they play um of him talking about his career and they splice those in throughout the episode um this was the first kind of golden nugget of me being like oh wow just what an absolute dickhead um (laughs) where he just he basically is just like yeah no i basically didn't like uh working with people in the ring because i didn't like being you know thrown around or treated like that uh sting liked to be led through the match and having his hand held and stuff like that and i'm just like this is sting you're talking about he's like 10 times the wrestler you are and yeah, you're ten times like the you're, man. Like you, you're amazing. And Sting is just yeah. Sting, it was a bit shit. He liked to be kind of led through his matches and whatever. And I'm just like, you like, have uh, no idea. Yeah, that's what that's what Jr. said. It was just like there is there, there was he was about himself and himself only. Literally, that's that's one of the Sting was one of the main Sting things. Sting was out a, of this. Yeah, is that he says he was very self minded. Yeah. Uh, as it were yeah um moving on to obviously when he was kind of developing the warrior character uh when he was the dingo warrior um in wccw and also early wwf he was the dingo warrior um sounds foul shit name um and a shit gimmick really um but he was yeah he was jacked that was actually all he had going for him so obviously he got taken on um makes his way to the wwf they show many of his promos. Um, I'm sure much cocaine was consumed when making them. <laughs> Do they mention that? They, oh, no, they don't. No. Um, but oh, no. You, just, you just look at the promos and it's like, there's no way he wasn't doing something. Uh, <laughs> they, they absolutely bury his promos. Um, you have people like Bischoff. Yeah, Bischoff says that they, they're nonsensical. Jim Cornette, of all people, has the the biggest hate boner for Warrior out of everyone. It seems um, he well, he's the he's the prototype of like what Jim Cornette Jim Cornette hates about modern wrestling, pretty much. And honestly, I never thought I've agreed so much with what Jim Cornette has said on a, a piece of media um, that I've kind of consumed because everything he was saying, I was like, you know what, Jim, you're actually right for once. Yeah, he was like. He couldn't work. His promos were entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Um, literally, the only real good part of his character in WWE that that I at least got some enjoyment out of was his music. That's what really got kind of the the crowd pumped up because it was just like this this driving beat that got everyone yeah really jacked. <laughs> um, and they kind of they kind of distilled down why he was popular um saying that he's kind of like a living cartoon character and that's why he was like really popular for kids and stuff and that's something i've never actually Mm. considered before and i'm like yeah i'm sure that's a pretty hot commodity because he's a he's a cartoon character who can actually make appearances and sign autographs and all that sort of stuff so yeah i'm sure that played a big part i mean he literally looked like he-man yeah genuinely (laughs) like he was so fucking buff yeah yeah um jake the snake roberts makes an appearance as well um oh yeah he 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 kind of has a few opinions um one which i'll get to that is another one of the details that i wasn't aware of um that i was like oh shit well i've learned something and and it kind of pisses me off a little bit um but pretty much everyone who they speak to is saying about how unsafe he was in the ring um mm. but they also say about how much pressure he put on himself and how he was like a really anxious person um, they speak to his ex-wife quite a lot, who really kind of drives home like he was just paranoid that he wanted to be the best and that everyone was coming for his position and all that kind of thing. Um, which I, I 
vaguely sympathize with because obviously yeah anxiety is nothing to 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 the kind of sniff at but at the same time he didn't want to learn or cooperate with anyone in any way no that's that's exactly what jr said in the on the podcast Mm. this was just like they you know how can you do this for whatever length of time you're doing it and you've never improved yeah like he he's the only i think i think i can't remember if I can't remember if I was thinking it or if JR said it, yeah. uh, but he, he he said like um, he's the only con- one of the only consistent wrestlers ever because he never improved yeah. and he basically had the same gimmick the entire time that he was in the yeah. business. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, he, uh, it's probably largely because he didn't do much to begin with. <laughs> no, uh, so there wasn't much to get worse either. Um, so yeah, yeah, they. They move on to WrestleMania 6, which is obviously Warrior's kind of biggest crowning moment in his career, uh, winning the world title off of Hogan. Yeah. Um, JR, um, as you've been saying, isn't the biggest fan. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I said, you know, so it, I, you know it's bad when JR is praising the hell out of Hulk Hogan for carrying him during that match. Um, fucking which hell. he does. He was like, Hogan pulled a miracle out of Warrior there by making him look as good as he did. And I'm like, oh, uh, we're praising Hulk oof. Hogan. <laughs> That's how bad this That's, has gotten. Uh, that era of Hulk Hogan as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, lazy Hulk Hogan. It wasn't particularly interesting. He was still, like, pretty popular, but he was beginning to get a bit stale at that point, yeah. Um, um, and then you notice from his ex-wife, she says that pretty much when he won the title is when his personality really shifted. Um, oof. She, she says this line where she says he won the title, and that's when... Jim left and the ultimate warrior came home. Um, and she starts like crying, and it's like, oh my god. Um, oh no. So that's literally when he became like even more paranoid, even more selfish, all about himself and the, it's my business, it's my money kind of thing. Um, and so she was obviously a bit concerned, ended up kind of, you know, falling out of contact with him a bit on the road, even though they're married and stuff. Uh, tries to get hold of him in a particular hotel and obviously he picks up the phone and uh, there's also a girl with him on oh, the other God. end of the phone. Um, was that was that um, uh, Miss Warrior? Uh, what, Dana Warrior, the, do you mean? The new, yeah. the new Miss Warrior? I don't think so, no. Um, apparently they meet a bit later on. Um, but yeah, apparently when she was going through his stuff after she was like, we're getting a divorce. Fuck you. Um, apparently she, <laughs> Too fucking right. she just found a, a planner, like a, like a diary where he'd have all these different girls names in there on different days, uh, in all the different cities that he'd visit. So he literally had like a, uh, like oh, a planner he, with all these, he all had these, a sex planner, all these girls in different cities. Yeah. Which is <laughs> mental. Oh my God. Uh, How fucking dumb do you have to be? Yeah. Well, he left it at home as well. It wasn't even any use to him. While he was on the road, um, so yeah, um, Ultimate Warrior is also an ultimate cheater. Um, <laughs> Fuck me. Going back to what dumbass. <laughs> going back to to Jake the Snake Roberts um, as well. Um, this was the spicy Jake detail that I wasn't aware of before watching this. Um, apparently, the plan was for Ultimate Warrior to drop the belt to Jake at some point. Jake the Snake Roberts oh was gonna have a championship run. But it got fucked over because Warrior got fired. And I'm like, it's just another thing for me to not like the ultimate worry about the fact that Jake was going to be a WWF champion and we were robbed of that because of you. We were legitimately robbed of that. Yeah. 
Oh, what a bellend. Yeah. Um, the ex also mentions Warrior's relationship with Vince. Um, and as soon as they brought up Warrior's relationship with Vince, I had my bingo card ready because every <laughs> every time you hear about a wrestler talking about their relationship with Vince or someone talking about a relationship with Vince, it's always Vince was like a father figure to them. It's, it's the thing you always hear. Um, and literally within seconds, she was like, so it was almost like a, it's almost like a father figure to warrior. And I just, I just popped off. I was like chucking shit off my sofa. I was like, I've got Vince bingo. Cause it's, it's such a meme at this point. He's only a father figure because it was like, you're going to make me a fucking shit ton of money, brother. He's a father figure to yeah. literally everyone. Like I've heard it said about Brett. I've heard it said about Undertaker. I've said it heard about Hogan, literally everyone. He's a father figure to the ball. Uh, yeah, because he's you just making a fucking fortune off him. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a father, a father figure to anyone that was bringing me in literal millions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Warrior gets fired because he doesn't feel like he's being treated on equal footing to Hogan. There's a big blow up between Vince and him where Vince sends him a really shitty letter that they read out on the show. Uh, they have Jim Cornette read it as well. Um, and it's <laughs> perfect. I was, I was kind of living for it. I'm going to be honest. It was, it was pretty great. <laughs> Um, and then they kind of, yeah, go through a little bit of a period of, of Warriors kind of dalliances with wrestling after that. Like I say, the 96 run he had where he jobbed out Triple H at Mania. Um, and then they got rid of him a couple months later. Apparently they kind of tried to discuss bringing him in properly and really kind of getting some creative force behind him. But he was just talking absolute nonsense most of the time. And JR was just like, these were wasted conversations. It's time I'm never going to get back. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. Um so then they go into his life after wrestling and that's kind of how they conclude the episode uh, where they talk about um, him kind of going into public speaking and trying to become something of like a life coach. Um, his Specifically him becoming something of a conservative crackpot. Um, <laughs> they, they show all the evidence of what he wrote on his, his website and what he did on his YouTube channel and stuff of him uh, being very hateful towards gay people and black people. Um, yep. The the black people quote that they showed was the one that really took me off guard. Um, I don't have the quote verbatim, but he did literally compare them to monkeys. Um, and oh. so I just wrote, what a fucking human shit stain, literal scum of the <laughs> earth. I've never seen these racist quotes before and it's genuinely <laughs> sickening. Like I knew he was a bad guy, but holy shit yeah i i i knew of his um of of that particular quote i'd never seen um, that before somehow I, I was always i was i'd always seen the stuff he said uh, uh, against gay people like you know oh queering don't make the world work and all that sort of thing i hate gay marriage and, and whatever but I, I i just didn't know he had this towards black people as well it's he yeah he's literally uh, the dirt worst yes and yeah, and and then WWE are like trying to rebrand him as as like this. That's the thing. I this I'm like retroactively infuriated now, <laughs> where I'm like, and now he's welcome back like a hero in WWE, and he was brought back like at the Hall of Fame ceremony, and when he had his speech on Raw, and how how they're treating him like he's he's this legend, and he's just such a hateful man. <laughs> I'm like, he's I, such a. I'm surprised this... that no one's gone back 
to like WWE sponsors or whoever is sponsoring WrestleMania one year and, and sponsoring the Hall of Fame. And it's like, you do realize this warrior award that they're giving away on this show that you're sponsoring is in the name of this fucking horrible human being. Because <laughs> that's what they did with the, the, the Mae Young, not the Mae Young, the, the Fabulous Moolah battle royal wasn't it yes Snickers. and i'm just like i'm really surprised that that's not happened yet that people haven't there hasn't been this mass media outcry yet of people being like how are wwe glossing over this <sighs> it's either the most perfect pr tactic they've ever pulled mm. yeah or um I, I don't know it's one of those where you just sort of like question everything yeah because <laughs> Like at the like at the fucking end of the day, like the guy is publicly a piece of shit. It's not even oh, like yeah. it's not even like it wasn't Moolah where it's like yeah. you have to have investigations and interviews and stuff like that. Like he actively put this out there himself. Yeah, yeah. he put that on and his website. He put it on his website, ultimatewarrior.com his, or whatever, <laughs> on his actual website. And you got his wife out there with a fucking creepy forehead. Oh man, yeah. That funnily enough, she doesn't get interviewed. <laughs> would ah, you well. believe it um yeah and then they talk a bit briefly about his kind of welcome back into wwe before his passing um apparently jake wanted to fight him at the hall of fame <laughs> um, <laughs> but as soon as they actually spoke in person one-on-one -on -one, uh warrior apologized for everything and jake was like shit well i can't beat him up now um and yeah, yeah. they speak about the the eerie circumstances surrounding his death where he he had that promo which was just weirdly prophetic in some ways where it is almost like a, a farewell promo um where he then yeah died very shortly afterwards that week it was like a day or two <laughs> after <laughs> oh very shit weird. um it's shit i will say though and they do mention this on the show i think it's jr that says it um but it is very noticeable when you watch the promos that like he looks absolutely bollocksed when he's doing that promo like he's beat red under that little mask he's wearing and he looks tired. Oh, yeah. he's, he's so knackered, like he's about to collapse. And it's like, yeah, something definitely wasn't right. There can't have been. No, the, no, he was. He was. I don't know if he'd taken a shit ton of cocaine <laughs> to get that ultimate warrior like energy. But like the, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame, he seemed okay. But yeah. then, yeah, you watch that promo on Raw back, and it's like, fuck me. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna burst. Um, so I think that was also the same time that they brought him back for like PR tours. Yeah, it was a similar thing to what they were going uh, to do with Randy Savage, weirdly enough, before Randy um, passed away shortly into that as well. Where it was like, yeah, okay, because... he's on board now. He's got a Legends contract. We can have him promote all the stuff, do another documentary, yeah. probably. You know, because I think I remember hearing a story about when the uh, WWE All Stars that was yeah, which had Randy a big... Savage. Yeah, he advertised that was. He advertised WWE All-Stars, yeah, Randy Savage. Um, and then he died shortly after. It was actually the first thing he did is him kind of coming back into the fold after years and years away from WWE and obviously being on very bad terms with Vince, who uh, was also like a father figure to him. Um, was like a father figure. And yeah, he came back, did that one kind of promo for the video game and then, yeah, passed away. Yeah, because... Um... Yeah, Ultimate Warrior was in All Stars as well, and I yeah. think uh, Warrior was doing like the PR, you know, like the games press go oh, yeah, to yeah. a hotel room and look at the game and whatnot. Um, and I remember hearing he, a story of like I know what it was. Someone... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I was uh, no, I think it was it. like two K fifteen or two K sixteen. He was like, 
was it 2k15 it was like one of the big selling points it was like this is the first game like in our main sort of simulation series of games that warriors in it um and he was like pre pre-order dlc in it and all that sort of thing they made a big deal out of it yeah for 2k yes uh and i just remember hearing uh people say like yeah you go into the room to interview him and ask him questions and stuff like that and in the corner of the room was triple h oh keep it an eye uh keeping an eye that he doesn't fucking go off on one um well, I literally like, just remember the story. Like, like, like they were told. Like they were told. Like, hey, do not interact with Triple H. He's he's working, yep. etc. Um, just talk with Ultimate Warrior and do not talk about these particular topics. She having to babysit him. It's like, is it really worth it if you haven't have Triple H sit in the room and babysit him? Like, and all the, of all the people. Like at that point, like Triple H was like, what? Like he was rising up the ranks within oh, WWE. He's, he was pretty much in the position he's in now. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, he's babysitting duty. Yeah, I literally just remember the story. Speaking of of Warrior and interviews, uh, there was the story where uh, I think it was like early to mid 2000s where WWE.com did an interview with the Warrior being like, oh, what are you up to now kind of thing. Um, And they had Darren Drozdov, um, who wrestled as Droz in the late 90s, who uh, is probably most famously known for breaking his neck in the ring and and being paralyzed as a result he's a quadriplegic now um oh god and warrior called him a cripple (laughs) and it's like i mean what a what an absolute dick (laughs) what a why would you do that (laughs) why why would they literally gave draws this this website job because it was like yeah you can't wrestle anymore but we still want to look after you sort of thing and yeah go interview warrior and have him call you a cripple it's like what an absolute wanker um so to kind of conclude all of it um because obviously they showed his family at the end and stuff i was like i do feel bad for his family like no kids should ever be without their father uh, and stuff like that but he is not a man that should be celebrated he he wasn't any good in the ring his promos as as we said previous were entertaining for all the wrong reasons and his personal views extinguished any goodwill i could possibly have towards him um this documentary kind of felt a bit like a sequel to the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD that WWE brought out um, in the mid-2000s. Um, and I honestly hope this gets a lot of traction because, yeah, I want to see Warrior taken off his pedestal, please. Um, yes. Yeah. I want to see, like... I don't know. I want to yeah. see the whole fucking Dana Warrior grift that she's pulling. Yeah. There has to be someone. Crumble around it. I I love the idea of the Warrior Award, or at least what the Warrior Award was supposed to be. Uh, Even even in its current incarnation, where it's not what they originally sold it to be. I still like the idea of it. But there has to be someone other than Warrior you can brand this with, who's just a far safer pair of hands. Oh, absolutely. Um, Even if it becomes the Titus O'Neil Award, I don't care. Titus O'Neil's a great guy. I mean, fucking at this point, give it like yeah, the Titus O'Neil Award. He's done more for war. He's done more for the community. Why not call it the Titus Worldwide Award or something? (laughs) Fuck yeah! There we go. There we go. Uh, And you can have you can have it do uh, instead of like the warrior mask. You can have it in the shape of like him doing the ura 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 thing. Little dog bark. Yeah um so yeah very good episode i'd still conclude um it, very interesting as always um and yes i would st- i'd still say you should watch it even though you probably heard the whole thing verbatim from me <laughs> um uh, I'm, I'm still yeah. yeah i'm still gonna watch it uh because i'm just interested to see like let me know what your mum thinks Ornette and, uh, <laughs> Ornette and, and what jim ross I, uh, you know i live for mama joel's opinion on <laughs> dark side of the ring <laughs> um 
but yeah dark side of the ring obviously wasn't the only thing happening in in the, the wrestling world um no to cover what else was kind of going on during the the week and a half or so that we've had since recording um recent news um has been or at least in the new japan side of things has been based around foreign talent being especially peeved at their current kind of circumstances um many of them were told that they could go home and not work due to the the covid situation over in japan uh with that seemingly being very quickly reversed and then suddenly being like wait 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 no don't go home you should wrestle uh come back come back yeah um some of the talent still did go home including will osprey um who has vacated the world title um the official line obviously was that he's he's injured which he is um that's not a lie um from from the the kind of x-rays that i've seen online at the very least um, yeah his his lower back's fucked his neck's fucked and i think his shoulders fucked as well which is exactly what dave Meltzer said would happen <laughs> um it was just like if he keeps wrestling at the rate he's wrestling he's going to be injured before you know the next couple of years are out and there you go as soon as he gets the biggest push of his career he's he's done with it um but a lot of people think that also this kind of situation and the treatment with the guy gen talent is it could have also maybe factored into the title being vacated um who knows um it's going to be shingo versus okada at dominion um to wrestle for that title on the 7th of june um so yeah, yeah. I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie like okay yeah i i feel bad for the dude at the top of you know he's in his stride and stuff like that mm. but um Will Ospreay's not a good dude yeah i uh so i i literally have no emotion he, Other than like, yeah. yeah, I feel bad for I feel bad for this young guy like having to fucking. But like, I have to. I'm looking at it from like, I don't want to say like a unemotional side, oh, yeah, but from like a pragmatic like, point it, of view. Yeah, but you know, sports wise, you know, hey, yeah, I'm not heartbroken I over think, it. He's a fantastic no, I, wrestler, obviously, but. Yeah, I'm like not gonna lament the loss of Will Osprey in this regard. No, I, I, I think the belt will be better suited in someone else's hands. I'm honestly happy with whoever it goes to between Okada and Shingo. I think Smart Money would obviously say Okada, um, and I think the belt kind of needs it at this point because it's been not like not the focus, but it's definitely not felt quite as important recently with the the whole Ibushi storyline and the Ibushi merging the belts and then Osprey getting it. I think Okada will bring the prestige to that belt that you kind of want. He'll hold it for a long time and then, yeah, lose it to someone deserving, um, probably at the next Tokyo Dome show. Not the Wrestle Glam, uh, Grand Slam one, but the next Wrestle Kingdom, probably. Um, although I'd also love Shingo as well. I think Shingo is probably my favorite non-Gaijin talent in New Japan right now. Um, it just I don't depends. think I've seen much of Shingo. It just depends on if they want to take a chance on him because they've obviously taken a chance on uh, Osprey recently. They finally pushed Ibushi to the top and then last year they also took a chance on Evil. Um, I don't think they're going to put the belt on another new person because it just seems like you're hot potatoing at that point. I think Okada's the safe choice and I think it's probably the right choice as well as much as I'd love Shingo as champion. Mm, um mm. But yeah so that's going to be going down on the 7th of june um also new japan have had a recent bout of covid <laughs> affecting their roster as well including okada um and also their um junior champion el desperado um but it all seems fine now and he's going to be wrestling on the 7th of june as well against yo of Rapongi 3k so there you go 
Yeah, um, I think they got hit with. I think it's just like all of Japan just got yeah. like a fucking <laughs> sight blindsided by by the big COVID. Uh, COVID. Yeah, by big COVID. By big COVID. Um, AEW are also firing up for double or nothing tomorrow. Um, I won't preview the card too much as it'll probably already happen. Maybe by the time this podcast goes out, so I won't bother previewing mm. the show. Um, but yeah. Um, it's it's looking shaping up to be a, a very enjoyable show. I always enjoy AEW pay per views because I'm a big big old mark. Um, but yeah, looking forward to I don't know pretty much everything on the show really. Uh, if I can't, I can't really pick out one particular match. Um, also, Cody debunks the the rumors relating to heat between the vice presidents of um, of AEW saying that he speaks to the Young Bucks every day and Kenny on most days. So there you go. Ah, he's such a good businessman. Ah, yes. Uh, He's such a good businessman. (laughs) Um, Also, vaguely New Japan related, actually, before we we move on completely. Um, Recent news from the past day or two kind of sparked of WWE and New Japan supposedly getting into bed with each other. Um, Set the rumor on fire. Dare I say there was much rumor and innuendo uh, surrounding the, <laughs> the New Japan WWE partnership that was supposedly being talked about until I can't remember if it was like Mike Johnson or someone like that came out and was like, just to clarify, this is basically just about Daniel Bryan um, and nothing else. Uh, it's just so Daniel Bryan is... might be able to go work in New Japan. That's literally it. Um, I, but 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 if if he gets to go, then it's like... You know, it opens the. It's a step in the like, right direction. I know, every, I know everyone keeps saying like the forbidden door, forbidden door, whatever, whatever. Mm. But it's just like, fucking imagine. It'd be pretty wild. Like, the you know like, like WWE could become like an excursion area for New Japan until they fuck it up and give them a racist gimmick, <laughs> and it becomes Okada all yeah, over again. Um, so yeah, obviously I'd, I'd love it if Brian was able to go to, go to WWE, have some some matches with people who would probably make me very concerned for his, his head and, and whatever. (laughs) I can imagine just Daniel Bryan just wrestling people like Minoru Suzuki (laughs) and tomorrow, Tomohiro Ishii and just being like, oh, knowing Daniel Bryan's injuries, I'm very scared, but also there'll be great matches. So as long as it's done safely, you know, as long as it's done safely, it'll be all right. Um, also, the date for SummerSlam has been confirmed on the WWE side. Um, it's it's mm. going to be on a Saturday, which is really weird. Oh, that's good. It's great. It's what I used to but, love about AEW pay-per-views. I was like, shit, I don't have to book any time off of work to watch this live. Um, I can just, just enjoy it. Now AEW are doing Sunday pay-per-views and WWE, yeah, moving um, SummerSlam to a Saturday. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it might have been. Apparently, there's been a lot of kind of weird goings on relating to where and when SummerSlam's taking place that haven't come out yet. Um, apparently, it's big panic because they were going to book it for Vegas, but that's the same weekend as a big, I think it's Manny Pacquiao boxing fight. Um, so oh, WWE were yeah. like, we want to be the only thing in town, so maybe we won't do this, and we're kind of scrambling for where we're going to do it now. Um, so yeah, SummerSlam gonna yeah. be on a Saturday. I I'm, I'm very happy about it. Um, I uh, that that sounds like uh, one for me to watch. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could even get together for it. Who knows? <gasps> it's a big four. We should do. Just saying, we usually we should do big do. fours. We usually do Rumble and Mania, but and then, and when when is it? Twenty uh, first of August, I believe. Twenty first of August. Oh, uh, 
we should all be vaccinated yeah, by then, I believe. It might be a go-to, yeah. It might be a go-to. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw it out in the chat later, see, we'll, uh, see how the other beans feel. We'll throw it out in the chat. Um, throw it out in the chat. Also, on the WWE side, uh, as was previously alluded to, um, John Cena has fallen into hot water. Uh, hot <laughs> Chinese water. Um, for apparently erroneously stating that Taiwan is a country. Um, weirdly, in some sort of parallel to the Collision in Korea stuff, where it's like, okay, John, just play by their rules. We know it's not strictly right, but... Just apologize for it, okay? Just, 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 just do it. Yeah, just do it. I feel bad for him because obviously people are like, "I can't believe you'd apologize," but then he also can't come out now and be like, "I just apologized because I had to," because <laughs> he can't say that publicly, can he? So no, yeah. he's he, or John. I I understand. Yes, it, it is a very complicated situation, and it is probably out of his hands. In all honesty, yeah, like. I, I was it like a video that he apologized in or text? I think, I think he I think he apologized via video. Yeah. Okay. It, like it's probably not like Chinese gunpoint, but I assume like his management team. Yeah. And the Fast and Furious team, mm. because those Fast and Furious movies rely on the Chinese audience. Yeah. Big, big in China. Um, like, hey, a lot of people were probably going. Fuck! <laughs> That's a lot of money we could be leaving on the table. Yeah, if we don't just apologize, so just do it. But yeah, um, not the only newsworthy thing for John Cena this week, actually. Um, oh, possible rumblings for what John Cena's going to be doing at SummerSlam have have raised as well. He could be well. He could be the next big opponent for our tribal chief at SummerSlam. Oh man! Which is a match. I honestly, I'm pretty happy to see we've only seen it once and that was on a b pay-per-view that was like no mercy or something so yeah get the big build behind it cena is the face roman is the heel i'm i'm into it i i, I am also very into this yeah i'm also very very into this yeah it would it would give obviously roman a lot of kind of uh credibility going over john cena as well because I, obviously i presume john cena wouldn't win <laughs> um so yeah i i think it's a good move especially if they're yeah gonna, gonna be moving into like roman rock at mania and so on um if it's just if it's if this is like we like um weirdly uh what what, what, what word am i looking for um Roman Reigns like doing his like just repeating the legend killer gimmick. Essentially, yeah. Repurposing uh, it a little in, bit. I, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean it's gonna be a cause... hell of a rub for whoever ends up being him for the title finally. If you end up putting oh, like yeah. Yeah, put John Cena behind it, put you know, Edge behind it, oh. Daniel Bryan's behind it. Whoever beats oh, Roman man. Reigns is going to get one hell of a yeah hell of a push. Daniel Bryan beats Roman Reigns and goes to New Japan to defend the belt. Fuck <laughs> uh, it, damn, you got it. And then the I forbidden got it. door That's is it. also open, and Kenny Omega turns up. <gasps> but he's not, but he's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of of possible returns, hair versus hair match. Ooh. Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan. I know Daniel Bryan's always wanted to do one. Yeah. I mean, he's he's had his hair all sorts of styles, so he'd probably be happy shaving it. Um, yeah. Speaking of returns as well, um, there's also probable returns have been announced for Edge and Sasha Banks, 
who are going to be at the first SmackDown in front of people, apparently. Um, has she been away? She has been away. She's, she's not been anywhere. Um, it's something that I have picked up on in the Beans League, actually, is that um, Lauren has had Sasha this whole time and Sasha's got her no points at all. Um, so she might want to might want to consider um, what Sasha's doing on her team there. But yeah, Sasha's not been there. Um, WWE are going to be resuming normal touring um, in July, I think it is. Um, and yeah, apparently Sasha and Edge are both uh, written in to be there for the first SmackDown back. So mm. we'll be seeing them again. Probably, yeah, building to whatever they're going to be doing at SummerSlam. Maybe a repeat match with Bianca for Sasha, I'd imagine. Um, and Edge, honestly, who knows? Um, I don't think he'd be going back to Roman. Um, and Brian's not around, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, mm. Slightly more uh, depressing news. Um, not not because I'm strictly sad about it, but just kind of heavier news. Um, bunch of releases still going um, on the WWE side as well. Yeah, a lot of the digital team um, who were running kind of website e sort of uh, online content creation side of things. Uh, a lot of them have been let go. Um, Tom Phillips. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think that's the biggest the guy. I, I really like Tom Phillips. I'm kind of sad about it. <laughs> um, I think he genuinely, he was kind of, he could have been Michael Cole's successor in a lot of ways. He's just corporate yes. enough where he will be He's able to do ju- all of the, all of the reads that Vince wants him to do and shill all the shit. But also he's, he's good at, at com- actually commentating on wrestling as well. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's the main thing is that he's, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't, I don't know. Don't it, it's such a weird. It's such a weird person to. Because obviously he was like, he was the play by play. He was the play by play guy on Raw throughout like the whole pandemic and stuff. Um, and they binned binned him off. Um, and replaced him with Adnan Verk, who's also gone now. <laughs> um, yep. He because he, he was just like <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. I mean, I actually a lot of people ragged on on his his few episodes of raw that he did i didn't hate it i'm gonna be honest it was it was evident that he's like he's not a wrestling guy he's a sports guy but he brought the energy he made it sound legitimate i'm like i honestly didn't dislike adam verk that much but yeah apparently he just wanted it just didn't work for his schedule and, and family life and, and stuff like that um and kind of i guess the big the big release story being um that of the velveteen dream um <laughs> Oh, we've not talked about that, <laughs> even though that seemed no. like quite a long time ago. Uh, and then, so Velveteen Dream got released, but then did you see his little he's, he's message? Tried to explain things. <laughs> he tried to explain things by using kayfabe. Yes, I'm just so into my character uh, that I that, that I was like, motherfucker, what? I hope that guy never gets booked anywhere. But some indie scene is definitely going to fucking book Someone him because... will pick him up. yeah not like a big Someone company but up. yeah indies will definitely book him because he's a name um yeah he even at the end of that little kind of essay he wrote he tried to turn it kind of into a little bit of a wrestling promo <laughs> at the end where it was just like velveteen dream maybe like, dead but patrick clark isn't it's like motherfucker no one cares you touched you you're gonna touch kids yeah it's a massive shame because he was he was great he was a very talented guy he, he was, was he was a character and especially among that kind of era of nxt 
Um, he was he was exceptional yeah. in a lot of ways. Could have been and... an, a real big star, but when you do the things that he did yeah. and act the way that he did, um, yes, you just you just got to do what you got to do. Just get rid and just say, well, that was a shame. That's a shame. We'll find somewhere else. Pretty much. Pretty much. Which is which is the sad. Like yeah, it's it's such a shame that he did what he did because yeah it's like it's like you know everyone was really behind him yeah and it's just like well if you could have just fucking not been a creep for five seconds i tell you i went to see so when i went to go see the uk tournament at the royal albert hall um was it was it that one yeah it was um i went to both nights and they had um a couple of the normal nxt people fly over for like a exhibition-y sort of thing um and it was like ec3 and velveteen dream versus alistair black and someone else um and i was i was super into him and i remember considering almost buying a velveteen dream t-shirt at that show and i'm Oof. i'm glad i don't have that <laughs> i'm glad Oof. i decided against that um yeah that could have been a that could have been a very expensive throw in the bin just like my marty scale shirt oh, <laughs> oh boy yeah, Hannah has. I was I, I'm, sure I've told you, then. I'm sure I've told you about this rule, but <laughs> Hannah has a has a rule because I have so many black T-shirts that whenever I want to buy a new black T-shirt, I have to get rid of an old one. Um, so when I was buying my Misawa and Kobashi T-shirts, I had to find two to get rid of, and I was like, "Oh shit, I still have this Marty Skell T-shirt. Fucking burn that. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> That's an easy pick." <laughs> I don't want to wear that anywhere. Not not only is it too small for me now, um, because of the lockdown weight, but also, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to promote this guy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm just imagining you going through your stuff and being like, oh, oh, shit. no, get, get it out." Money <laughs> uh, <Mother> scroll. <laughs> and final little news story: um, Paige is banned from Twitch. Lol. Right, did you see the reason why she's banned from Twitch? Wasn't she streaming Dumb and Dumber? It's- so she was doing a watch party, which <laughs> is, you know, a thing that streamers do, but yeah. what they usually do is that they just go full screen webcams, you know, yeah. your face, and you watch the movie with people, and you say, like, look, like the VTubers do it a lot, um, these, yeah. the, the, these VTubers, so you can't hear what they're watching, but they've got, like, a, a time code up. You just react and- to it, yeah. And they're just reacting and they're talking with the chat and stuff like that, or they're watching it with someone else, and then you know it's a collaboration and whatnot. Mm. But she was just straight up streaming all these films. She's been <laughs> doing this repeatedly, apparently, like just mm. streaming the films and like I'm just watch partying, and it's like you're not. Well, I know you're, she's you, you streamed. Are... She streamed OSW reviews review of her film of fighting with my family. I know she's watched that on her stream before. Yeah, I think she actually just streamed straight up streamed the film as well. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, it's about me, and it's like, yeah, but that's not how this works. And you don't own it. <laughs> you don't own it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I when I found out the reason, I was just like, this is the most page reason yeah, going. So it's a funny little thing. Just to just is to it end. a permanent ban? I don't know. I've not looked into it. Um, <laughs> um, not looked into it. But yeah, just always a funny little not thing that to invested. end on. Um, 
So moving on, we have the actual Grappling Beans League. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So we've had a few shows happen since then. Uh, a couple of iterations of SmackDown and a Raw. Um, the SmackDown from not last night, but the week before. I'm just going to very quickly go over. Um, as there were a couple of big things that did happen, um, we had the return of Alistair Black, which is mm-hmm. very cool. Apparently, I guess he's going to be feuding with Big E. Looks to be the thing. So I traded Alistair Black away for Natalia. I did, and it was a very good business move. It was a very good business move, but now I'm like, do I trade the Miz? Maybe. Miz <laughs> is going to be on Raw this week, but yes, he is also injured. Mm. He's doing Miz TV with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. Um, mm. So maybe maybe after this Monday could be a shout. I, I, I also don't know whether you lose points if you start trading away. Oh, no, you don't. Okay, That's why I've okay, been so that... liberal to do it. <laughs> okay, this changes I, I think, everything I think, then, I Jacob. I think T-Bar had like, yeah, 69 points. And I was like, yeah, you're not on Raw anymore, though. So I traded him away and I've not lost those points. So okay, you can trade this as changes much as you want to. Yeah, as long as you've earned the points at some point, you keep them. Um, so yeah, maybe we should tell Ollie and Lauren that because maybe that's why she's not got rid of Bray Wyatt and Sasha Banks or something. Oh no, because they've not actually yeah. earned the points though. But <laughs> But anyways. Um, <laughs> Also, um, we had a debut of Rick Boogs, uh, Eric Boogenhagen. Have they, changed it? Have they changed his name again? His name is Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Um, he's basically Shinsuke Nakamura's personal guitarist. Um, yeah, he oh. kind of plays him to the ring, uh, helps him in his okay. shenanigans, helping him steal okay. King Corbin's crown. Um I've been saying SmackDown sure. has been very good recently, but that that Nakamura Corbin feud has easily been the low point. Um, it's just it's just nothing. Isn't that just the isn't that just the case with every it's just, Corbin just feud? Corbin, isn't it? Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember all those matches we watched at uni of uh, oh. Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least one every week. God, yeah. Baron Corbin's just endless feuds with whoever gets called up from nxt <laughs> he's the gatekeeper to the main roster pretty much uh, the big breakfast the is big here breakfast. um and we also had apollo cruz retaining his uh intercontinental title in the fatal four-way where alistair black came back um so yeah title defense nice points for me um nice points so points for that particular smackdown were 10 for lauren 14 for joel 39 for ollie and 153 for me um big dom apollo cruz and seth rollins were the ones specifically who came through for me there and that's why i got the so many points in comparison um (laughs) raw happened this monday as it does every monday (laughs) (laughs) That's a shining endorsement, isn't it? Um, <laughs> eight matches on Raw with wins for Nikki Cross. Uh, interestingly enough, um, interestingly enough, she's back. Yeah, um, after we've ignored her, Charlotte, Cedric Alexander, Matt Riddle, Jackson Riker, Sheamus, and Natalia and Tamina, with also a draw for Drew and Kofi um, as they were fighting over the number one contendership. And uh, yeah, there was like a DQ finish or some kind of draw or something. So they're just doing it again this week. Exactly the same match. Um, Honestly, like you, you look at WWE creative and you're like, you have the some of the best people in the world <laughs> behind you. And this is what you're doing? We've got, what, three weeks until Hel- Hell in a Cell. 
we can't possibly write three different angles that Drew, Kofi, and Lashley could be in. Just delay it. Just do delay it one week, and we'll do the same thing next week. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> oh very God, weird. the whole show is a fucking mess. Um, <laughs> every week, it's like every week you're like, it can't get any worse, and then it does. I'm, I'm literally, I have time to watch Raw, but I don't, and you don't. No, because why would you? <laughs> I, I literally, I work from home uh, every Tuesday and I'm like, I watch, I watch absolutely nothing, like rubbish stuff in the background some days. Um, and it's still better than watching Raw. Yeah. Um, so bonus points, MVP was Shayna Baszler for, for this Raw. Um, still yeah. earning 13 points, even though she lost in the main event, mainly by getting pissy with Reginald, who um, she's actually going to be wrestling. Uh, this Monday on Raw. Uh, Boy! Shayna versus Reginald. I'm kind of looking forward to it, I'm going to be honest. I mean, yes, I am as well, but at the same time. <laughs> Boy! Yeah. Um, other headlines from Raw being that Charlotte and Rhea are now official for Hell in a Cell. Um, there goes my idea of having Asuka have another match after she beat Charlotte the week beforehand. Charlotte beat Asuka this week, so Charlotte gets the title shot. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rhea looked like a big old chump this week as well um, by losing in a beat the clock challenge to Nikki Cross. Um, so, yeah, she looked real stupid. That's your women's champion. Way to build your champion. Yep. Um, Matt Riddle won with an RKO. I thought that was noteworthy. Uh, <laughs> and also, finally, where the fuck is gender? <laughs> I. I took gender on after he came back yeah, the, one week with a new set of lads and he's just not been seen. Where is gender? You're the only person asking where gender Mahal is. Give me more gender. Uh, so I'm once again looking towards to Monday being like, maybe this is the week he'll come back. And he probably won't. But yeah. Where's gender? That's my question. Um, so points, <laughs> points for Raw. Um, I really shouldn't laugh as hard as I am, but it's just you're the only human being who is asking where Jinder yeah. Mahal is yeah. on this earth right now. I remember out of seven billion people. All the news stories from the week he came back were like, "Oh, he might be putting a program with Drew, so that Drew's got something to do <laughs> while he's not wrestling for the belt." And it's just not happened, has it? I guess my happen after hell in the cell, maybe. But how long do oh, I hold on to this pipe dream? Gender might come back again. Um, so oh, points, come back points for Raw, um, were 45 for Lauren, 68 for Joel, 72 for me, and 77 for Ollie. Um, so Ooh. pretty even-handed, all things considered. Um, and then that brings us to SmackDown last night. Um, it was a very enjoyable SmackDown that I actually watched. Um, oh yeah, um, six matches, which is more than usual um, for a SmackDown, um, with wins for the Usos, Natalia and Tamina, Bianca Belair, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Big Dom Mysterio. Um, Big Dom, Big Dom, he's coming through. Yeah, he's coming through. Um, bonus points MVPs were basically the Samoan boys, um, as all of them got at least ten extra points from their vignettes throughout the show. Um, a disclaimer for for the purposes of this, Paul Heyman counts as a Samoan boy. 
Um, <laughs> he also honorary Samoan. Honorary Samoan. He's got his, he's got his little badge on. Yeah, he gets the little uh, the, what the little flowery necklace thing that that Roman has as well. Um, yeah, Paul Heyman scoring eighteen points, uh, which is pretty good for a non wrestler. Um, headlines from SmackDown: The Usos being back together, uh, and it feels so good. They were really good on this show. I've missed the Usos together so much. Um, that is not something I think anyone ever expected to say. If you'd have said that about, I don't know, six years ago, something like that, I'd have been like, are you absolutely <laughs> mad? But yeah, the Usos, I was going to say, they did that kind of character shift. They've been great. And yeah, cause they've been missing for the last year. Um, and yeah, they've been I was going to say six years ago, are you, that's that's you're overestimating time there, aren't you? And then I realised, no, we we were watching Raw almost <laughs> six years ago. Yeah, in 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 uni. I couldn't remember off, off like, the top of my head when the brand split was because that's basically when the Usos became good again. Um, and I was like, oh no, time! I'm turning to dust oh, right in front of me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They had a, a really good match with um, the Street Profits. Um, was one of the better TV matches I've seen in a while. Um, and yeah, Usos picked up the win. Um, and yeah, Street Profits still looked real good in defeat. Um, I've not watched a Montez Ford match in a long time, but every time I watch him, I'm just like, you'd be so good on your own. Just just drop, drop yeah. Angelo. <laughs> you don't need him. You'd be such a star, it's... especially with Bianca now being like the top woman on SmackDown. It's like... It's, Come on. it's gonna happen it's gonna happen he's he's just very talented and dawkins is just okay <laughs> um, uh, dawkins dawkins is gonna get tuckered oh that was literally my thought <laughs> as soon as he's as soon get... as i was like what's gonna happen to him once ford goes i was like oh it's gonna be like otis and tucker isn't it <laughs> it's, it's, that's it that's he's that's gonna show, your, up on his, uh... show up in his tracksuit bottoms for one match and then get released oh <laughs> Uh, it'll be he'll he'll go through the uh he'll go through the um the cups yeah (laughs) like the barbershop window but the cups (laughs) throwing through a a big wall of cups um (laughs) dom big dom mysterio um as you say defended the smackdown tag titles all on his lonesome um much like ray did for a lot of the match on the pay-per-view um, and then Don came back uh, to make the Valiant save and win the titles. Uh, they injured Ray before the match, and Don basically beat the Dirty Dogs in a handicap match to defend the titles. Um, nice one, Don. Nice one, Don. Nice one. That was 45 <laughs> points. Um, As I, I like how you said that, like, someone, you know, walking into the pub with, like, after coming out, like, yeah. Bet Fred or whatever. Nice one, Don. Like, nice one, Don. Yeah. Um, Michael Cole called Bianca Belair Belanca. Um, <laughs> he probably would have gotten away with it if Bailey wasn't on guest commentary and absolutely ripped him to shit for it. <laughs> um, God, God bless her. Yeah, Bailey's still absolutely great. Uh, one of the best things on SmackDown right now. Um, and finally, in a similar point to my final point from Raw, where I was wondering where the hell is Jinder? Um, where the hell is Alistair? You have him come back on last week's show and they don't even reference it on this week's show. They don't even be like, oh, Alistair's come come back. Look at what happened. They didn't even do that. He didn't have a promo. He didn't have anything. Did, did, 
Yeah. Uh, do you remember that one week where they gave him that really cool, like Far Cry Five esque promo thing? He's had a couple. He's had a couple of those. And and then they didn't do anything for like several weeks after that. Yeah. It was literally the closing angle from SmackDown two weeks ago, where it was like, "Oh, Apollo Cruz has retained the title," but also, "Holy shit, Alistair's finally back," and. They just didn't even talk about it. It wasn't. It's was like it it's, never happened. <laughs> it's like it. Shit, never happened. What, Alistair Jacob? I, I, like I say, I'm usually far kinder to SmackDown than I am with Raw, but that's a big miss. <laughs> on, the, on the SmackDown, that's a, bad that's, a, miss. that's a bad miss. Um, also, a random thing I thought at the end of the show, just to round things out. Um, doesn't seem to be a challenger for Roman yet. Um, for Hell in a Cell. I'm wondering if it's going to be like Jimmy Uso, maybe, because there's still kind of a bit of weird tension. Tension. Yeah, between the two of them. But otherwise, I don't really know who he's going to wrestle. So. I. Hmm. Because, I mean, Cesaro's kind of fallen back into his feud with Seth. And there's just. Roman <laughs> just seems to be, yeah, disapprovingly looking at the Usos teaming together right now. So it's like, oh, I think it probably is going to be Jimmy. And it would be a nice it's kind of echo to previous to last year's hell in a cell match where he wrestled jay in inside the cell so like as a uh, as a um yeah it's like poetry yeah it's like poetry yeah um but yeah just thought that was an interesting point i was like they've still not really said who he's wrestling which is yeah i would have expected that maybe by now but yeah um so points for smackdown were 14 for ollie 18 for lauren 40 for Joel and 112 for me. So that brings the final points totals to 716 for Commander Aziz's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, 787 for Okada's Red Balloon, uh, with, yeah, as I say, Lauren being somewhat dragged down by Bray and Sasha there. I feel like she needs to reassess things. Um, yeah. 910 for Joel and Rhea Ripley's Crushing Biceps. And mm-hmm. 1,095 for me and my comedy norks. Um, I think this is the first time that any of us have broken the four figures. I think we did just about a little bit before WrestleMania last season. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but okay. we'll definitely have higher points totals this season because we're playing a whole season. Uh, we All season. And also the Tamina Train. The Tamina Train is... She's my highest earner now, and I've not even had her the whole season. Literally, like, uh, she is 170 points, is Tamina. We made a joke. (laughs) And look at what happened. We put it into the ether and look what happened, Jacob. It's become reality, yeah. So uh, We're prophetic. Yeah, Commissioner Dickens is back on top where he belongs. Uh, who's going over? Um, I'm going over because it's this is my show. I'm running the show, so yes, I should win. Um, <laughs> and and that's yeah. that's how you grappling beans. And that's a grappling beans. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Joel. Uh, th- we we will be back again Soon-ish. with more things. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.